on today's show, we are getting to know B. But first, promos and pleases. Andre Psyche is the freelance creator extraordinaire, someone who makes music, poetry, art, clothing, and lives to make others feel good. Search him up, Andre Psyche, and add a little creative inspiration to your social media circle. Listeners, listen up. Get 25% off your order at ShadyRays.com by using the promo code GETTING. Use GETTING when checking out to get 25% off on the best sunglasses around. Shady Rays takes extreme pride in their multi-layered lens technology, which is made for high visibility and strength, making it shatter-resistant. Go get you a pair or two by going to ShadyRays.com, perusing their polarized sunglasses, then using the promo code GETTING. When you check out, it'll save you 25% on your order. Please subscribe to the Getting to Know You pod on whatever app you're listening on. Please give a five-star rating. Please take some time to write a review. Please friend and follow the Getting to Know You pod on social media. Pretty, pretty, please tell someone about the pod. All of your clicking, linking, sharing, rating, reviewing, starring, tagging, and simple old school speaking about the pod is greatly appreciated. And now, getting to know you. Hello. Getting to know you. Getting to know all about you. I'm going to do a terrific show today. Getting to like you. Getting to hope you like me. Because I'm good enough. Getting to know you. Putting it my way, but nicely. I'm smart enough. You are precisely and doggone it. And B, I don't mind just picking up where we were talking because it was super interesting talking about masculine energy, feminine energy, and you were helping actually, honestly, my um definition of it. So thanks for coming on and um please espouse and educate. Um feminine and energy, masculine energy. I'm thinking of them as um them as like stereotypes. Yeah, I think that is like a common myth, I guess. It's not really a myth because I think we kind of like abused those words at this point, right? We like have that whole like toxic masculinity, like yeah. what is it? Like then then now women are like fighting against it. Like give me a man who's toxically masculine and I want him. Is he a lumberjack? Give him to me. So like <clears throat> I think what the delineation is for me is like a healthy person usually if they're a woman are they're in a masculine energy because they are a woman right and so like that doesn't mean that you're a woman and you can't have any masculine energy because there are things that are masculine traits so i don't know if you know who jordan b peterson is do you know who he is yeah okay so he like does a lot of personality typing and like across the board women tend to fall into certain categories right like they're high in agreeableness typically I'm personally not high in agreeableness. Um, so like that would be considered more masculine. Um, but I don't think that means I have masculine energy. It means I have like some masculine personality traits. But overall, I would say I'm more in my feminine energy. And I was kind of telling you earlier, I think that like our hardware, aka like our genitals, tend to dictate our software. So I think that at least in the way that I observed it healthy women who don't have an idea that like men are allowed to hurt them men are allowed to abandon them men are out to mistreat them and 
I'm not excusing men for doing those things because a lot of times women who have those ideas, it's they were left as a child. They didn't have a masculine father to protect, love, comfort them. Um, so they develop that out of necessity, out of survival. Because if you're being hurt by masculine energy, you decide that is dangerous. Turns into toxic. Mm, yeah, it's absolutely toxic. To you. Dangerous, dangerous masculine is a misnomer. Dangerous masculine is just inferiority, insecurity. It's feminine. Men who hit women and children are feminine. Yeah, right. Because you're not being brave. It, it's funny because it's like, I, I also coach basketball. And one thing that upsets me so much are kids that act cocky when they know they're going to win. But then when like tougher competition comes around, it's like, where the fuck are you, man? Where, where did this dude that, with all the swag go? Like, what, where, oh, still in the locker room. Oh, not taking any shots now, huh? Interesting. But then you go against some scrubs and you want to be a peacock and you want to show off all the skill and handle. And it strikes me as very similar. Like, how would you feel tough uh, using your testosterone, using your physical strength against somebody with much less or none compared to you? Right, exactly. Like, and that doesn't and the, idea, the idea is like, if you are a healthy person, in my opinion, then whatever your gift is, you don't want to use it to hurt. And I know men get a lot of, um, uh, they get shamed more often for misusing their gifts, which is usually their might, right? Like they tend to be physically stronger. And so men will like edge each other out for stuff or they will physically hurt or hinder a woman from leaving a house because he's mad or whatever, like some weird toxic stuff. And they'll use that against, they'll levy it against women because it's their power. Very few people talk about how women use their power against men. And they do it in courtrooms. They do it um, in relationship. They... Men have to walk on eggshells if they want to leave a woman because they're afraid she's going to go off on them, hurt them, ridicule them, shame them socially. Like, we still use our own our own way of fighting. It's just different than male fighting. We don't fight physically. We fight socially and emotionally. We create, it. I could, we create like, mental warfare, uh, difficulty, um, like, psychological damage, uh, social shaming. We bring down a man's social value by bad talking him. Like these are the ways that we harm men when we're not in alignment with health. But for whatever reason, because it doesn't cost physical damage and just a psychological damage, huh. it's not talked about a lot. So people just think men are out here hitting it and quitting it and being pieces of shit. I know it's talking about like women disregarding a man because he, you know, lost his job or whatever, you know, and I'm not to say that like, not to equate them because obviously physically hurting someone I would say is you're doing greater harm. You have greater risk of harm as a man, you're physically stronger, but to act like it's not fair, it's not shared among the sexes, people misusing or hurting each other with their gifts. I think that's wrong. Yeah. It's um, when you're saying that it reminds me thinking of um, like Ray Rice or um, I thought there was another one and I can't remember his name, but basically are we familiar with the Ray Rice physical mm -hmm. abuse case. I think it was his girlfriend that he wound up punching mm -hmm. in a casino. And without the video, cause you don't see it, you get one game. Then you see the video and you're like, holy shit, that's violent. You're just done. Like you're mm -hmm. done. And it's so much more severe. And that type of abuse, if a male is physically abusive, you see it. Where if it's emotional abuse, maybe the guy acts sad, but you don't really see the emotional abuse. You don't see the quote unquote scar. 
So it's kind of hard to put that what you can't see on the same value or the same plane as something that you do see like a bruise. Right. And, and in terms of like how we grade it, we definitely grade it that way socially. And that's why we are this huge push to, you know, push back on men and make men feel bad about being, you know, any type of way, because it was like, we're taking this small, I would say small subset of men who are okay, hurting and harming women on purpose and saying like, because of that, that disqualifies all men from being decent human beings, but we don't do the same thing for women. Like we don't see these, these women who go, who their man leaves them and they break into their car, key their car, stalk them at bars. Like that stalking is just like looked at as like, oh, there's like this crazy Latino girlfriend again. It's not like, it's like a joke and a trope. Instead of being treated as serious, which it is. If someone is stalking you, it is serious. I don't care if it's a man or a woman. Like that is serious. It shouldn't be happening. So this all came about because apparently you're in a relationship now with a polar. And that's where I was like, we might as well get going. With like the polar opposites that, and I forget how, how did you say it? Like we should be clicking, but it's tense or something. Yeah. It's, I, I shouldn't say it's tense. That's like the wrong word. Oh my gosh. I hope he doesn't listen to this and be like, wow, you said we had a tense relationship. Cause I, I don't mean it like that. I, I think he's like an extremely good human. And I don't think that there's anything like we, we have like no real contention in our relationship. Like we just talk things out at like ad nauseum, you know? Um, so there's like no conflict whatsoever, but I just mean like in the sense of like, we're still figuring out how to like structure it. Like, it's like, he's not used to being able to like really take the lead and be like, Hey, I don't want to do that. Like, let's do this thing over here. He just, he's still kind of like, it's like, well, I mean, like, is that not like what you want to do? Like he'll do like certain things where I'm just like, Oh, you're like trying to pass the charge off onto me or like, I'll do the same thing. Like, I'll just be like, you mean you're not going to do that? Like I'll get really like masculine because like I almost am used to it. Gotcha. Yeah, so, so like it's actually not native to like what feels good to us. Like, but like, and we're both like we're like missing each other. Like, I want the leadership and he wants the femininity, and we're both like trying to sort out how to give it to each other. It's really, it's really interesting. But like our physical and like all of our like we're very drawn to each other because we are so opposite, like in just in our nature. Like I'm just such a socio-emotional like little creature and he's such a stable consistent like orderly like i'm the chaotic feminine he is the orderly masculine for sure yeah and part of what i liked was you were just immediately hitting me with characteristics and doing that again like the orderly stable masculine i'm just selfishly thinking of myself being like why am i so fucking considerate like I do it to be considerate this, what like what you're describing, like, oh no, well, what do you want to do? Oh no, well, what would make you happy? Where probably what would make her happy is just to have an experience and not really have to think about it and just go, not have to order, not have to organize, not have to plan it out, not have to deal with any of that shit because my mind just constantly works like that myself. But for some reason, I don't know why I also like don't want to, lean into that sort of role because for some reason which again i don't know why i feel like it's rude and it's inconsiderate and i don't know why those words pop up why not like leadership you you want me to tell you where you raised in public school yeah and i still work in one okay so so here's the thing public school is predominantly taught by what sex oh white middle class females (laughs) okay so white middle class females 
So, and, and I mean this in, you're going to have to give me the most grace, right? Because I'm not going to like, oh, yes. I tend to say things with the teeth and sometimes I can come across a certain type of way and I don't really care. Um, <laughs> when you're raised in the public school system and you're ra- you're essentially being raised by women, like women do highly value being considerate. Yeah, like that is a high, like, because that is, that's one of the, that's in, that belongs in, um, trait agreeableness and conscientiousness, right? That's where compassion and consideration comes from. And women tend to be high in that. So they put a high value on that because it's something that we judge each other on. So instead of going like, well, all these boys don't need to be like this with us, you know, like they can be just disagreeable. That's what's going to do them like more good long-term. Like the more disagreeable a man is, the better he does in his career. The more disagreeable a man is, the better he does with women. And and, and that's like track, trackable and traceable. That's not just like, I'm Brittany, I'm on the show trying to, tell you what how it is like that's that's a real thing and can you um, stay on disagreeable help me understand more about disagreeable disagreeable. i know it sounds funny because it sounds like you're saying you have to disagree with it no that's not what i'm saying at all no i'm just kidding uh, is that uh, uh, look at you see that's it i'm learning i'm learning mom um no it works that's that's actually it um but no so like so being disagreeable is more just like it almost comes across as just having an opinion and so (laughs) Um, men tend to like women who uh, are disagreeable, right? So it's like, if they're like, I want to have steak for dinner tonight, they would rather hear, literally rather hear, okay, sounds great, than any other phrase on the whole. They like agreeableness. They typically do. And it kind of comes from the sort of gender norm that men tend to have like higher demanding jobs where there's a lot of like high stress, high stakes for money. And so then the idea of coming home and having like high stress, high stakes is like alarming and frustrating. So again, like modern America, that doesn't always work, right? Like some women have high stress, high stakes jobs and, you know, like, or some men, you know, work from home or do whatever and they don't have a high stress, high stakes job. So they might not feel as strongly about having an agreeable woman or can tolerate more disagreeableness. But that's the idea. Whereas women, because we're looking for safety, we're looking for a provider, a protector, um, evolutionarily speaking, disagreeableness would set us up for that, right? Because if you're not just like, oh, you're from a neighboring village and you want to stay with us? Mm, I don't know. Like, where'd you come from? Who's looking for you? You know what I mean? That's what you would have wanted in this primal society. You would have wanted someone who asked questions and had boundaries. So that's kind of like the idea is that it comes from these like foundationally primal like states that we haven't really evolved out of what we just think we have. <laughs> I'm so curious about how you and um, your disagreeable partner met. Oh, the internet. <laughs> yeah. A particular like dating site or was it like yeah, one it of these dating. like personality trait sites that it's based I mean, on? Or? I wish, honestly, what's so funny actually is I'd only been on the, uh, on Bumble for like two weeks when we matched and I put on my, I only had like three sentences on my, on my profile because I just decided I was going to really lean into feminine energy and feminine does not do, feminine is not doer energy. It's like just receiving, right? And like, think of a vagina. Like we don't do, we just receive, right? It's the idea. So I was like, I'm not going to like try super hard. I'm going to like send everyone just like an emoji face when they match with me and just like see what they have to say. Like they have to perform for me, not me perform for them because I wanted to get the most masculine man possible. And so when he and I matched, like I had had in my bio, men who know who JVP is moved to the front of the line because there's still a lot of men who don't know who he is. And I'm like, 
he's like the foundation for a lot of my belief systems. So okay. if we don't have that in common, I have to catch you up and that's going to be too much work. <laughs> and so he was like obsessed with Jordan B. Peterson. And we like immediately just started referencing him back and forth. Like even just like his mannerisms and the way he phrases sentences, like we were just like, all right, well, fair enough. Oh, you do that to your peril. Like, we're just, like, <laughs> saying Jordan B. Peterson phrases I put to each other. And, like, that's kind of, like, how we were just, like, all right, we have this shared this shared value system. Mm. And that was really before we both knew that the other one wanted to be in sort of, like, a traditional gender energy polarity relationship. We were kind of just figuring each other out. We just had that in common. But it starts with an attraction, right? Or did yeah. it start with something in his profile that like he might have seen the front of the line Jordan Peterson? He's like, fuck man, that's golden for me. And it might have been like, Yeah, she's a six, but she's into Peterson, so now she's a ten kind I of thing. Mean, right? You know, honestly, I don't think so. I actually think like he would have gone for me regardless of what was in my profile, because I do feel like he's just like into attractive women. Gotcha. Like I just think he is very fascinated by attractive women. Like I I joke with him that like it doesn't offend me that he's always checking women out because I like love that he's just like genuinely so attracted in like women. Like I'm just like, it's so healthy and primal. Like I love it. It's uh, whereas some men focus so hard on trying to not seem interested in women. That's kind of like a cope to me. It, it seems like a wasted energy. Although that might be like a Christian belief. And I, I don't remember if Peterson got into that. But I feel like the guilt of checking someone out, aside from like the boyfriend meme where he's like looking over his shoulder at the girl that's passing with his girl catching him. I want to say like biblically, don't lust after your neighbor. And like that turned into, hey, you can't appreciate her fine ass or you can't just realize like you are almost made as a man to like spray and pray you're you're not almost you 100 percent yeah you're 100 percent army so yeah. like you have this urge but then societally we also have this weird thing where it really benefits you in a society to have two people together from income from opportunity from safety and Hair it's bonding, like yep. so yep. then it's it's like okay well i have this natural urge to go out but i want to seek satisfaction within how can i maintain that like look around without being disrespectful. Like that's a weird, as, as I'm speaking through this, I'm sounding less and less masculine as I argue against my <laughs> inner nature. Like I just sound like a bitch. Cause it's like, I'm trying to justify going against why I want something. Right. And so what I would say is like, to me, wouldn't you feel like you're more, wouldn't you be, wouldn't you feel like you're more authentic self if you were in a relationship with someone who was like, I admire how much you like other women because I know that that is just so primal and such a part of your like hormonal makeup. It means nothing about how much you care about me. Like, wouldn't that make you feel better? Yeah. Man? Right. And then like, so then it's, it, it's this weird dance of like, can you or I not, not you in general, but I guess I'm thinking like guys like are, are the majority, I should maybe is majority the wrong word are some men. That's the safe way to say it are like some men <laughs> Okay, so cancel that here. <laughs> yeah, I, I doubt it. Um, are some men worried because they're with women that aren't confident enough to withstand men looking at other women like within themselves? Or is it the man that hasn't made the woman feel valued enough to be like, dude, even though I'm checking out that waitress's ass, like I'm digging into your ass tonight, girl. Like it's right. And, and it's not even that for me. It's like it's like not even like 
it's it's really you have to understand masculine psychology i think and like i do think that is on men to to be able to understand themselves and convey because women don't have to care about that right we just have to care about being hot that's the only thing we have to care about that takes care of everything else for us the most attractive women get the highest caliber men that's just how it works yeah, so like really that's that, a, like, that was a peterson thing too like women go even or up men go even yes. or down across across and up social hierarchy and then go across and down. Dude, right? I, I will and, say like, he said that shit and I'm like, I do love me. Not like an ugly bitch, but there's a little bit about like that dirty girl that I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. man. Slutty sevens. Everybody says yeah. they love a slutty seven. There, yeah, there is, when he said that, I'm like, that's such a great fuck. I don't know why that is, but it does make sense because like older or dudes would just appreciate the beauty and youth. Right. Like there's, you're just almost wired to from like a breeding standpoint of, oh my God, you could foster and those jeans look so good. Not like the jeans you're wearing, but the jeans. Like those jeans, yes, those G and the S, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, a hundred percent. Um, I, yes, I think a lot of men have a hard time being honest with women. And part of that is again, because they've been convinced by their upbringing that there's a certain way you have to be, to be like accepted by society and that means you have to inherently be dishonest. Yeah. You know, you have to sit still in this class, even though you want to run around and jump around. Worst. You have to go against whatever your natural, your nature would tell you. I need to be jumping right now. And someone would be in your face saying, if you jump, you're going to be in trouble. Or right? get medicated. So, yes. Or get, yes, right. And oftentimes men end up medicated. So, you know, it's, it's, it's very much a conform or conform or die. That's what it feels like when you're a child, because breaking a rule or being shamed as a child makes you think you're going to die because you rely on adults to keep you alive. So comply or die is really how you feel. And so a lot of men carry that into adulthood and they, they sacrifice their own actual inner wants on the altar of being socially accepted. And they do it to their own detriment because you, I, I don't think men have a really clear understanding of how many women would still be interested in them if they would, just go out of their way to say this is this is actually who I am and I'm not going to pretend to be something else when I'm in front of you because I'm going to be the same behind your back and that makes women feel so safe even if it's like I'm going to check out these women's asses just like I would do if you weren't here and it means nothing about how I feel about you because women don't understand how men compartmentalize sex and sexuality because women don't so we project onto men that every woman that he's thinking about fucking or think is hot thinks is hot. It's because I'm not there. Yeah. It's because that's what they're so into. Like and I don't have that they're, to give. We, we like when we see a man that's really attractive, we get a little bit nervous that he's fucking everyone. We get a little bit nervous that we're going to be unsafe. Right. Because we want a life with things we want to fuck. We want a life with it. Like when we see an attractive thing that we want to have sex with, we want it to stay, right? And we're designed that way because we can't just handle having all these kids out here by ourselves. It's scary. Uh, and imagine it in a, in a society where you had to like hunt for food. If the guy runs off and you're pregnant, you're fucked, you know? Yeah. You're not catching a mammoth nine months pregnant, you know? So <clears throat> I think that's, it, it's really sad. Uh, but like social conditioning has really done a disservice, not only to men, but also to women. Because imagine the kind of vulnerable and honest relationships we could be having with each other if we were all able to actually say, not only just say, but also understand ourselves. Like, what do I actually want most? And how do I get that? 
so, so does does knowing so much Jordan Peterson or having like these thought philosophies for you, has it helped you to like trust more? Cause it seems like it comes down the understanding leads to trust, which would lead to monogamy hopefully. And you don't like misinterpret a, a, a longer stare or some sort of comment about Megan Fox being like, that's a bad bitch. And then all of a sudden now we're not talking. Right. So right. Ha- like yeah. how did you gain that sort of perspective and trust. Yeah, I think I think that's. I mean, it's always knowledge is power, right? So for or me, definitely. What? <laughs> or suffering. <laughs> yeah, I, but well, both. Oh, of course, yes, yeah. Well, I mean, power is suffering. I mean, look around. Look at the richest, most powerful people. They're suffering the most. Um, <laughs> but I do think, like having be like being more confident is always an advantage. Like understanding like because I used to just like choose men and I didn't know why I was choosing them you know or I used to like just choose men really not on purpose like oh he's six four and he has a lot of money like that's yeah that's it you know and I didn't go further than that I didn't look for like for his character to line up with his words like I didn't like look for like I didn't put a high you know price tag on integrity you know I was just like oh like I almost was doing the thing that men were doing to me which is just like if you're attractive, then like, I should just latch myself to you. I was, it's very much my masculine energy. Cause again, public school is the opposite thing to women. It says you should be ashamed of yourself. If you want to be a mother, you should be out here doing the most. Get so to, get you get pushed further in the other direction. Yeah. I saw one of the things you had posted on Instagram. I don't know if it was a meme that you created. Cause I think you create like your own memes, which is, I do, I yeah. do have my own, which is pretty cool. I, I always appreciate people who can like have that like great, whatever, six words that just are zingers. You know, it's almost like people who can tweet really well. You just appreciate the language use. But one of them was like this whole, we fought for this choice. And then this woman making another woman who chose to stay at home feel bad. Yeah. Like yes. no longer yeah, like, the we choice. fought for the choice, bitch. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not for we a single choice. We do the same thing. Right. Yeah. right. And, and we're in the sad part is like, if women were really aligned with their own integrity, like most women would not choose that. There of course would be like the oddities that would choose to do like the hardcore career high earning path. But most women predominantly would be happy to home make and be taken care of. Like we're just not really built for that level of stress. And I say that as someone who owns two businesses and takes care of two kids by herself, like (laughs) it's not fun. Like the stress of it is very, it like, it doesn't feel like when my, when my partner has like a really hard day where he like locks down a deal at work, he's so satisfied. Like he has all this energy, like sexual energy. Like he's just full of energy. When I have a day like that, I'm like, I want to die. I'm exhausted. Like, I feel like it's depleting. I don't feel like I get a high from it. Like, I feel like I just worked really fucking hard, you know? Dude. Yeah. It's. That is true, man. And for me, my I guess my satisfaction would be like, I just cut the fuck out of that lawn. Like, look at me weed whacking. And like you yeah. roll in after like two hours and you could sit there and you're like, dude, I'm not even tired because I'm so proud of what uh, I just like created and made and did, what I accomplished. Yes. Yeah, yes. And, it, it, that, and it applies. That conquester energy. It's so true. And it doesn't matter what. Like, no, it's anything. You could fucking yeah. do anything. I, dude, I had these kids there, you know, the ropes that you climb in gym class that are attached to the roof 
So they got to get like tied up to a wall before basketball practice. And this kid comes in early. I'm like, dude, get the ropes over to that wall. He's like, well, how do I do it? I'm like, you try. I'm not going to tell you, man. Like I need the ropes on the wall. Go make it happen. So this kid who's in sixth grade, he's 12 years old. It's like, he's struggling. It sounds simple, but you got to like climb bleachers. They're cumbersome. He's like, how do I climb and carry these three big ropes? And well, whatever. It's like a five minute thing. Then when he got done, I was like, dude, stand here. And he stood next to me and we're like at the opposite end of the gym. I'm like, just take a look. He was like, what? I'm like, you did that. He was like, what? I'm like, you did that. You made that happen. It was so stupid. Again, fucking tying ropes to a high part of a ceiling. And damn if he didn't after every kid came in, you know what he said to every kid on team? He was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I put the ropes up. I'm the one who did the ropes up. And he was like chin, ah, ear to ear smile. And I was like, kids don't get enough satisfaction from accomplishments. They don't want shit that's easy. Nobody's proud of an easy success. Only you're proud when you worked, struggled, and you feel you did something that maybe someone else couldn't. And it's fucking, it's, it's Red Bull. It just hypes you up, man. Yes. And actually I was listening to something recently that I thought was so incredibly eye-opening. that's in that same vein, which is that therapy for men is set it up incorrectly because Mm -hmm. therapy is set up to tell people that they're worthy and they're loved as they are. And men to feel better have to be encouraged to be something greater than they are. That's how they get better. They need to feel like they, that, that they have something in them that they can do more. You know, and they need to be encouraged in that way. And I think that that's incredibly true. I think boys get, and and I say this as, you know, I teach too. I have a homeschool co-op that meets in person two days a week and it's drop-off co-op. So I see a good amount of students and it is a, and we really just like let them, they're very self-directed. So we have a much better idea of like what children are just sort of naturally inclined to do. And you see the girls, they're all writing plays, interfacing with each other in these like relational ways. And the boys are like finding weird things to do with sticks every day and tackling each other to the ground. That is what makes them feel like they're accomplishing something. And the girls have, and they're completely different and they separate themselves that way. They just do. And it's not to say they never integrate because they totally do on occasion, but mostly it's pretty disintegrated and pretty on point with what I believe are traditional gender roles. And so it's interesting when we get into a relationship for whatever reason, we think that men should be like women and women should be like men. And it's just not a thing. (laughs) So are you into gifts? Like, do you need to get brought flowers? Do I need gifts? Yeah, like flowers. Like if if, if your man came over with flowers, is that masculine or feminine in your eyes? Uh, Oh my gosh, she's calling me right now. I have to hang up on (laughs) the podcast. Uh, uh, Shit. Um, It's hard. (laughs) Sorry. Let's cut this. Dude, it's fine. I actually just discovered Audacity's um, auto, I forget, truncate absence, truncate silence. Oh, yes. I love it. It skips the silence. Yeah, Yeah, dude. I was like, I didn't fucking know about that for the first 229 episodes of my life. I was like, that just saved me 15 minutes. eating up so much time with people being like, hmm, let me think about that. Yeah, man. And then like, I was like, there's got to be a better way with ChatGBT came out. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm a fucking boomer. There has to be some way where there's a certain gap of just a straight line that it automatically well, they know how to gets clip it. Yeah, you know it's funny on iPhone. Do you have an iPhone or no? No, I'm recording okay, so, on my um, Mac. On my iPhone, on my audio recording, I have a skip silence for my voice notes. 
So I can record a podcast on just like my voice note app. Okay. And then in the settings for each individual voice note, it gives you the option to enhance it. So it turns down any of the two, the highs and the lows and it's silent skips as oh, well. Shit. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Like, so I can literally just record a raw podcast, like super like in my bed still at 7am and then put it out. It sounds like the quality is great. Yeah. Wow. Like that's amazing. It's almost like filters on Snapchat or whatever IG where it's like, it's amazing that aesthetically what we can do for looks we are now 100% able to do for sound yes that's true that's true and it's it's honestly like just thinking about how like far it's come in the last 10 years I'm sure you feel the same way it's same thing as like photos and sound quality and video quality it's like an insane difference yeah no, it, <laughs> it's it, not slight yeah the fact that you can make deep fake videos of people show just how great cameras are now because you've got to get that image and that accuracy from somewhere and it's just been ramping up right that's true i know that's why it's like social media news is going to start to get real scary because you think we can show you whatever you want to see you know it's terrifying a little bit um but anyway what were we talking about what was it like last question flowers now i'm wondering i'm basically using you as like a case study so the first thing that he the only thing he's ever gifted me was eggs he brought me Soy and corn free organic free range eggs. And I was like, wow. He's like, I brought you something. And that was the thing he brought me. Super practical. He's a very practical human. He's like, I told him, like, I asked him to rank himself on a one to 10 how romantic he was. And he said four and a half. And I think that's that's probably accurate. Yeah. <laughs> like, it would be cool. It would be cool to get flowers. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I do like flowers a lot. Because, and it's like one of those things, like, that only a woman could appreciate because there's no reason to just like put money into something you're going to watch die for a week. Like it doesn't really make any sense, but women just love that shit. (laughs) Yeah. Right. See, I I, I don't think that's masculine at all. I think it's so masculine to like be romantic and sweet to a female or to female. I think that makes sense. Birds do it, you know? Do they really? Yeah. I mean, so like the, a lot of the uh, research that, um, I don't, do you know who like Brett Weinstein is? And yeah, Heather, I think we're probably, I, I forget how I found your comment to ask you on the pod, but I'm um, in Lex Friedman. Post, okay. Yeah. So I think if you're into Lex, you're into Joe, you're into Jordan, you're into Brent, okay. you're into Huberman. Okay. Like there's this circle, there's this, you know, I don't know, bro cave where it's like all these dudes that are just jacked and intelligent Jocko and they just think about shit. That's so they, funny, yeah. Like you, know, you like named everyone that like I feel like my boyfriend follows. I feel. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I think it's a honestly like it's becoming a little bit of a trope. But thank God, like Rogan got proved right with all of his vaccine shit because if some of it wouldn't have gone well, I think that whole brand would have collapsed. But since he was so staunch about no, dude, I'm talking with people. Like no, I'm intelligent. Like that whole brand has now been elevated of that mm-hmm. circle of type oh, of yeah guy. not even that brand it's a, it's a it's he he owns his own media you yeah. know what i'm saying like this is the new media nobody's yeah, yeah. watching cnn anymore it's not real yeah no well, i guess people are just listening to podcasts <laughs> That's it. like why honestly they're like why wouldn't you if you can find people who are accredited and they get to speak without and it does make the most sense because i always used to think about that with tv i'm like why like how do you I like news reporters i remember a news reporter came to a the first time i saw one do a news story i'm like 
you were here for 40 minutes and I saw it on TV and it was like 10 seconds. Right. And I'm like, what, how is that accurate? And why is that even, how do you make money on that? How do you sustain that model? So to go from that on like a CNN with six people speaking for three minutes and sharing 41 seconds to, I don't know, you got an hour and a half, just talk about it. We'll fucking clip it if we want to. If not, we'll just let it roll. Like, how right. is that not insanely better? <laughs> Right. It, it, it necessarily has to be. And it, it proves something, and, and Jordan talks about this, it proved something about people, which is that we have longer attention spans than we were given credit for, and that we are very thirsty for meaningful information. So I've followed big, I think it was big thinkers, and I don't know if this is true, but it basically said, do you think you could read 172 newspapers in a day? And I feel like most people would say no. But then what they got into was if you combine podcasts and radio and just the information intake of the internet and Google News and Drudge Report and everything that you consume, it's the equivalent. I believe that. That's why people are so addicted to drugs and all drinking alcohol and all because because it's we're in the we're in the era of knowledge porn. Like it's just so it's everywhere. We're, we're completely numb to information because we have, have so much at us, in us all the time. I have to take breaks. Like, I have to force myself during the weekdays and on my, like, commute to my co-op, homeschool co-op space to not listen to podcasts. Like, I'm like, this is your time where you're going to listen to your 90s girl jams yeah. and just, like, relax. You're going to, like, just let your heart be free. You're going to sing because I will just get into these, like, tunnels where I can't even get myself out, where I'm like, I got to learn as much as I, I found. I went on one Jordan Peterson where they were talking about, you know, like the maturation of the chaotic, nurturing feminine. And now I got to listen to everything that's ever been created in the Yeah, you mentioned a book <laughs> and all of a sudden you're like ordering it from Amazon or you're getting it on Audible to go listen to. Right, right. So yeah, somebody said something about uh, don't walk on eggshell or like stop walking on eggshell, which is a book about being in a partnership with someone with or with a narcissistic personality disorder or someone with borderline personality disorder. And I was like, okay, I have to go read that now. <laughs> like, yeah. Just clicked it and started listening to it. Like so the, bad. I, I love the knowledge porn um, wording. And it, I think what it affects me is I don't, I do have, I feel like I have a pretty good attention span. I don't know if I have a retention span where like mm -hmm. I'm so quick to just get shit out to get more in. It feels like I'm in the Hunger Games where I'm just feasting myself and then I make myself throw up so I can just eat more. And right. I don't know if I dwell long enough on topics to just play with it in my head to really understand it because it's mm -hmm. like next, 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 next. Oh, for sure. For absolutely sure. And I don't I like felt that. that I had a, I had a life coach tell me like, pick a book and just read it, like read it nine times. And I was like, I can't do that. I was like, no. And he was like, you need to pick any book and read it nine times. And so I found this book by uh, Michael Singer called the untethered soul. Hmm. And that book is about teaching you how the only reason why you're ever suffering or in pain is because you're choosing it basically. And it is the most uncomfortable book to read that feels like you're reading the absolute God's truth. And I just poured over it and I poured over it and I poured over it until I completely believed it. 
And so like, it almost took that nine times of banging this around in my brain. And every time I would learn a new thing, like I took a new thing out of it and be like, how did I miss this the last time? Like, this is a huge major point. I just, I just swept on by it. I read it and I just didn't, it didn't rest in me. It just, just passed. And so I think that that is true. Like we actually learn more sometimes. It's almost like the thing, like if if you give a kid less, they're more creative. It's the same thing. I think if you have less information, you, you are able to do more with it. Yeah. And I don't know why, I don't know if it's FOMO or whatever, but it really is a thing that overload, you know, it's bad for you, but it's just eating. It's just going back to the dessert buffet. It's like, why the fuck not? There's another one out there. I might as well. I might miss out. This might be better. And it's like, I don't know if it, um, so you sound like you're in your masculine energy right now. That, That hunt for novelty is so masculine. Yeah. Like women aren't like that. Like, I, I actually hate going to all these neat places because I'm like, it's a waste of money on me. Like, I'm going to get a little bit of all the things I want. I'm going to eat it and I'm going to be like, all right, I'm good. Like, mm-hmm. that's really how I feel. I'm like, oh, but I didn't get to try the sugary uh, sprinkle muffin. Like, I'll just be like, mm, just didn't get to fine it. It's fine. It. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Maybe there is some hope for me to be masculine at some point in my life. <laughs> Aside from the beard. It's so funny because like the metrosexual or like, I forget there was this one saying where it's like, just grow a beard, wear flannel, get a trucker hat. And no matter what you think about yourself, you'll be masculine. That's (laughs) And it's just like one of those tropes of like these dudes that need to look a certain way to feel a certain way kind of a thing. And it's, I don't know, man, not to judge if people wear flannels because I definitely have flannels. But it's, um, it's a thing. Like it definitely does make people take on a persona. It gives them confidence that they have the persona, I think. Like, I don't know if they would have the persona without the image that is <laughs> cultivated, created. Yeah. I mean, we don't take, we don't acknowledge the fact that a lot of our inner self is a result of like outer things and vice versa, Right. Like a lot of our outer world is a reflection of our inner world and our inner world is a reflection of our outer world. So I think you think like, I used to think, for example, like I did my house being a mess because I'm not particularly orderly, like as a person. And I like noticed after I started like doing the whole Jordan B. Peterson, like make your bed, like just be more, be more attentive to like your outside surroundings. I immediately felt like less anxious overall in my life. Really? Yes. And I was like, why is that? Why does it give me a sense of calm? And you know what it is? Control. It's when things, when you're, when your things are, oh, a lot of things are in your visual field, your brain has to keep track of them. Uh, Whereas if you have things put away, shut away on shelves in baskets flutter. where you basically can't see it, Calmness. it dulls it into the background. And so your brain isn't taking constant, yeah. like, you know, it, it, because we're designed to survive. So like having things in our way and not being able to see clearly from one wall to the other, it, it creates a sense of like, you don't know where everything is and it's unsafe. And, and, and like, just, there could be a snake under there. It just feels it. Yeah. It's just, you just feel it on the inside. Yeah, dude, that's so true. Cause I think of myself and um, it, it's funny, like if classrooms are chaotic with myself, like uh, I'll legitimately stand up like, dude, I don't know if it's cause I grew up in a house of chaos, but all of this chaos is driving me nuts right now. Like legitimately we need order. I can't function. I cannot function with all this disorder, like quit slamming stuff, line up the desks. Like we need structure in order for us to be successful at this moment. We're not just fucking around right now. And like, it it does, 
I can only tolerate it so much. I can only tolerate like if kids do projects, so much disorder within that project before I feel this is a fucking waste of time. Nope. Bringing it back. Bringing it back. Right. Yeah. Like not even- I, I could give a shit less about my bed being made though. And I was even in the military. Maybe it's because I was in the military. I don't like buy into the make your bed thing. Yeah, well, obviously that's an analogy. You don't have to literally make your bed. Like, my bed isn't made right now. But like, <laughs> just but like ge- generally speaking, generally speaking, though, like I do, like I even bought pillows, to like, because his new book has a make one room in your house as beautiful as it can possibly be. Okay. And I, and like, I think it's funny. I was like saying how, like, I was telling uh, my partner now, I was telling him how I kind of think that like, I, I would like, I haven't been able to discover if I'm a good homemaker because I've never had the, um, like the space to be it, you know, like maybe I would have a really beautiful home if that was like my job. I just never had that like option. If you've got two jobs and you're this much of a thinker, like you'd fucking channel that energy for sure. Right. Like it's, I think I would, I think I'm like, I think maybe I would just be the best actually at it. Like, instead of just like thinking of, I just always saw myself as like, well, I just like, you know, I don't really care about like whether my, you know, shower curtain has like the inside separate thing to keep the outside one nice, like women do that stuff, you know, and I'm always like unrelatable, like why does it matter, you know, but I I think that's because I've skipped it to get to the more important things that I need to do more and like more imperatively for survival. Whereas like if I was actually given the space and been like, okay, you don't have to like worry about surviving anymore. You are actually safe. Nothing bad is going to happen. You're going to be fed. No matter what you do, you're going to be fed and loved. I can only imagine. Yeah. Well, you'd get into first world projects. Like there's like, we have this saying first world problems. Like you can't debate gender identity if you're in the middle of a civil war and crisis, like no one gives a fuck what your pronoun is in the middle of war. You know what I'm going to say? Like soldier. That's your pronoun. Soldier. <laughs> right? Your pronoun is fuck around. Find out. <laughs> you, dude, your, your pronoun is charge. It's a fucking command. Like we're not, I, I, I don't give a fuck what you identify as because situationally we don't have time for your feelings. And that's the whole Maslow hierarchy thing where... I do think that's a first, it's, and it's an awesome thing. When you have a first world problems and possibilities, you start to explore. And that's how like art was created. You know, you can't, you can't worry about your life and take the time to really contemplate shading and color palettes. <laughs> like, right. No way. Why would you paint the Sistine Chapel if you're worried about bombs or catapults flying in? Right. You know? Like actually all of the things worth having are things that were be, were able to be created because of rest, you know, like yeah. truly being at deep rest in like your soul and in your like exter- external world. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I, so I do, I think that's very true and I'm, I, I'm pretty interested cause you seem, I, I don't, I know zero about you, but you seem like a very ambitious kick-ass mom of two to not have like a partner while you're raising your kids. And to me, like that's one of the most masculine, admirable type of people is those like bad bitches that just can have functioning kids, keep them straight, like have a career, but then not be dependent on society, not be dependent on others to thrive. 
And I'm getting yeah. that vibe for you. I don't know if I'm gassing you up too much. Thank you. No, you're not. I mean, I really appreciate it. Also, I like there. I made a joke. There's a reel that's out right now, like a trending audio. That's like, I accidentally boss babe too hard. And now people want me to answer their emails. And that's really how I feel. Like, honestly, um, I'm like, if somebody just wants to marry me, I'll stay in the kitchen barefoot. Even, you know, <laughs> I'm like, it's just a lot. It's a lot of stress and pressure. Um, but yeah, like I haven't, I haven't taken any of my exes through courts or anything. Like I'm just a normal lady. Uh, you know, I, I do think that comparatively I've done a really good job as a single mother. Um, I didn't plan it. Obviously I thought I would, you know, be married and lived happily ever after, but that didn't work out for me. Um, so yeah, I think you just make the best of your situation. And I, I think like, good proves itself right and so it's like if you want to know how someone will do things in the future look how they've done things in the past and so I think my past exonerates me pretty much like I've been given a pretty bad hand like I've been dealt a lot of shitty cards like if there was like trauma bingo like I got fucking bingo six ways you know what I mean um but (laughs) I'm just thinking like are there that many different types of trauma I feel like six by I mean, five. I this is America. We just make things up. Everything's a trauma now. So yeah, definitely. Like somebody misgendered me. I'm sure I could add that. Um, but anyway, I, uh, I, I do mean though, like in all seriousness, like I have had a hard go, but like, I think I have proven myself to be like a person of integrity, someone who aligns with their principles. Um, and I live them. I don't just say like, Oh, I think we should live in a freer world where, you know, kids aren't forced to sit at desks and, you know, like, you know, like, I, I don't just say that with my mouth. Like I've created a life where like I can homeschool my kids and make enough money to live. And you know what I mean? Like I've yeah. created an environment where that is possible because I believe in it. And I don't just believe in it with my words. I believe in it all the way. And I do think like I would be a gift to like a, a partner. I think I am a gift in my partnership because I do not need it actually i actually just want it i have um two things i'm interested in i i hate when i come to these like mental crossroads speaking to somebody because maybe i'll let you maybe it'll be like a pick your own adventure for you so one i'm wondering can you turn it off like could you be subservient after revving it up and just being such a boss bitch as you had said and then the other thing i'm curious about and it can go either way is like Trauma sucks, but then I feel like trauma has that negative connotation where so many people who then overcome it get resolve from it and they get strength from it and they draw upon the trauma to make the next event not as traumatic or not as crippling. So Mm. I'm wondering about like your proudest traumatic event that you've gone over or can you like be subservient can you be feminine after being so fucking masculine I really whichever like direction question. you want to go i feel like i love that question only because i feel like that's a question that my uh partner probably poses to himself daily because no. he's like you go into this like mode where you're like just let me have it he's like i don't like it <laughs> but it's, it's you know like and i still feel like comparatively to how some women are i feel like it's pretty mild but like yeah i definitely get into my like i'm competent this doesn't make any sense, make it make sense, you know? And it is hard for me to like shut that off and just be like, okay, you can trust this person. Like they're making the best decision. Like you could actually trust. And it's like funny because I was like, 
I like him in the dominant role because I actually think he's more competent than me. And I've never thought that about a man before. Uh, I've never been in a relationship with a man I truly, deeply admired. Competent in like every way or competent in what like aspect? I would say like general competence. Like generally anything I know about, he knows like a little bit more. Oh. Like I wouldn't say every way. There's definitely, (laughs) there's definitely things I have to teach him, you know? But I think they're, like, the things I'm supposed to teach him, right? Like, as a feminine, like, those are my strengths. So, like, it's not like he doesn't know anything he shouldn't know as a man. I think as a man, he's got, like, 100% covered. Like, 11 out of 10. Like, financially, he's got it sorted out, you know, like, for, you know, being, like, a stoic, sturdy protector until he has that sorted out. Like, his body's in amazing shape. Like, he he's, like tactical with his guns like you know what I mean? like he's got all of the the man package you know so i definitely think he, he's extremely competent as a man and so like it's hard for me to find fault with him because he's so competent as a man so i think it's funny that you ask that question because i think he asks himself that like you were raised by public school you like live this boss bitch lifestyle like well, how do you become soft feminine trad wife but i think that it's not only possible, I think I'm better for it because I'm choosing it on purpose. It's so much different than a woman who just like is submissive by nature because she like doesn't have any strong feelings. I've got a lot mm. of strong feelings. I'm submissive on purpose. That's better. I think it's better. So I'll say that. Um, I think I I'm like I think it's always more likely if something someone chooses something for themselves on purpose, they're gonna have a much more likely like staying power in that. Like, it's like, almost like if you make your partner go to therapy or something, yeah. are they going to stick with it? Probably not. Versus if they like decide, oh, I think I should start going to therapy. They're much more likely to like stick with it, you know? Yeah. They choose a diet versus be feel like they are forced on a diet. I want to say that was um, the whole like free will argument. I can't remember if it's actually biblical or if I just heard like several pastors paraphrase it. But it's mm-hmm. like if you are the master and you have a slave and you tell the slave serve me the slave has no choice but to serve you and then the master doubts the slave's intentions of are you serving me because you want to serve me or are you serving me because you're fearful of me but if i truly set you free and you decide to serve me now i know your intentions but i can no longer be your master because if i am your master you are not a free servant you are just a you are my servant you're enslaved, right? Yeah, and it's a weird like paradigm. And I, I want to say that was explained. I can't remember if it was Old Testament or like Jesus telling a story or what. But like for some reason, I always equate it to like, that's why God gave you the ability to reject him. And that's why you have to accept Jesus of your own free will is because, hey man, if you don't, if Jesus was forced on you, if it was like punitive, of course everybody's going to take it because why wouldn't you? You have to. And it seems like your philosophy is kind of a lot. I'm not trying to like convert you to Christianity or anything, but like it's, it's a similar philosophy and it makes a lot of sense to me in that way of like, why wouldn't you want somebody to choose? I guess the fear would be if they can choose their way in, they can choose their way out. Right. And I think that is that, and I think that is like actually his, his trepidation is like, well, you want to be a feminine flower right this now. This week. <laughs> well, get tired of it and you want to be a boss bitch again. I can't handle it, you know? Yeah. Which I think, but I'm like, you're under that. You're that's a, That is a fear you should keep no matter who. You know, it doesn't matter if it's me. Like, I'm just showing you my cards. 
I always like joke like it's like whatever it's like you can get me a person who has two kids and then you know be like oh well that's gonna be this strange weird dynamic of me entering a relationship with somebody who already has kids yikes you know but the reality is like once you have kids with someone they can turn into someone you don't know anymore they can they can gain crazy amounts of weight they can like there's so many ways it can go that's not how you envision your life so just saying like I'm getting into it and it might not be how I envision my life. Like no matter who you decide to live a life with, it's not going to go the way you envisioned it. That's only you can guarantee it will not go the way you envision it. So it's like, that's not a good reason for choosing something or not choosing it is because you're like, the outcome is not accounted for. Like it never is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and we act like there's consistency and maybe it's public schools with all the graphing that kids learn how to do. But like, and those are the best memes. It's like my plan and it's that straight line. That's a 45 degree angle. And then versus God's plan or fate or the universe. And it's like squiggly lines that aren't even connected. <laughs> yep. You're like, that's it. It's like, if you want to, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. It's like yeah. one of those things. So it's like, I really do feel like that. My life has been like laughable, truly in terms of like the way I saw it going versus how it is going. But like, I'm also so grateful to be here you know what i mean like yeah. i am alive it's good to be me so, you know i'm talking at you so here we are sean it gets it gets no better um i'm curious because now i'm wondering about my lack of masculinity because i was raised with a single mom and i wonder yeah. if part of my consideration and understanding is like just seeing her and I, I don't think it worked out as well for her as it seems to be working out for you in life um mm-hmm. We were pretty poor and like she really struggled with dudes in and out trailer park shit. Like now that I'm older, I'm like, we were really fucking low class, man. Like it, it was borderline trashy, mom. Like you should have, you were educated. You should have been better. And I wonder if being around her and seeing her vulnerability makes me more susceptible to like not cater towards it, but maybe... I don't know, consider it. But at the same time, I'm like, what did she really want? She just wanted some dude to fucking handle shit for her and like help yes. raise her and, up. And, so and the that's why she kept like her, the lack of masculinity. Yeah. Right. right? Like, that and was like, what kept her in that like weird. Yeah. And picking dudes downward. that were fucking dysfunctional and weren't fucking like, couldn't be counted on to just be dependable for shit. And it's like, but I didn't pick up on that. Or maybe I did. Cause I pride myself and like, show the fuck up, man. Like, be, are, you say you're gonna be there at three you're fucking there 245 man and like you're putting in work are, are we here to work cool we're working what the fuck are we doing if we're not working we're working All right. you know like that kind of vibe but i wonder i don't know i just wonder about finding that or helping kids who are raised by single mothers to find that masculinity like for you balancing wanting to have that type of role model around but not just wanting to grab any role model. Does that make sense? Or is that an asshole way to ask that question? There I go being no, feminine no, again. No, it was not an asshole way to ask that question. I mean, that's another thing that was like um, difficult for me because I did like, I mean, luckily for me, like I'm still fairly attractive for someone who had two kids and I'm still, you know, I'm 32, not like a spring chicken, but I'm also like not old yet. Yeah. So luckily for me, like, because I've retained some sexual market value, I have a lot of options, right? I mean, even if you're a six, you have a lot of options usually, but like the better looking you are, the more options you have kind of thing. And the less, the the more, the more options you have for commitment, right? Because sixes might have like a lot of options for sex, but they have much less options for commitment. Whereas like an eight or a nine has a lot more options for commitment. So like men are willing to commit to me 
um, and be with me. Like that is not difficult for me to come by. So when that's not scarce, you're able to be, you're able to make better decisions because there's not that scarcity mindset of like, it doesn't work out with this person. Then like, I'm never going to be able to find anyone and no one's ever going to want me. Like, I don't feel that way. I feel deeply that like, there are immutable characteristics about me and my integrity and my humanness that like would be impossible for a man to overlook as not being valuable in a partner. So it's like, I don't ever think someone's get into a relationship and then talk themselves out of it because I didn't show up properly. Hmm. Like, I know that I know, like, because it's like women are always saying they want a high value masculine man, but they're not willing to be a high value feminine woman. Like they just want a man to show up and like take care of them, but they don't want to, make things easy on him, be his peace, make his food, like serve him a plate. Like men don't make plates around me. Men don't make plates. Men is, do not make a plate. Is that if your feminine or is that more like cultural Hispanic? No, I mean, it's, it's both. It was like, I was, well, my mom wasn't like that though. Like my Nana was, and uh, I saw it and I admired it. I saw the way men, I saw the way men looked at her for doing that. And I was also served as a child too. A lot of times she would just sit me down and she would make my food yeah. in her house or make me a snack or bring me breakfast. Like that was her feminine energy. And she like, and I remember how love that made me feel as a person being served in that way. And I think men like really light up by being nurtured. Like, I feel like you see a man be his most manly, be his most successful when he's being nurtured by a woman. I really believe that. Yeah. And it, dude, it fucking fires you up to go do some other shit. Cause you're like, I'm fed. I'm ready. Right. You know, yeah, like I mean, what's, what's next? I honestly think that I like, I, it's, I know it's such a stupid trope, but I really do feel like if you fuck and feed a man and like you make that your fucking life's work and you're like, I'm gonna do that though. Like you're unleavable. I think you're unleavable. I really do. Like, and I haven't been left. So I, I would assume that was true. Yeah. <laughs> I don't this know. Point. I don't know if it's a universal truth because it's one of those rules of like the only rule is there is no rules or like what whatever. There's always an exception. Yeah, there's always an exception to the rule kind of a thing. But it really is, and I, this is just personal experience, but like it really is to me the, yeah, like the need because once you, like how many people in a on a cold winter have a fire that's comforting and decide to leave it to go seek another fire. Right, to start a fire up from scratch. Yeah, or just hopefully fucking wander across another one. Not even start it up because you didn't start <laughs> that fire. That fire was there waiting for you, provided for right. you. It's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just wander around the darkness hoping to come across something because <laughs> if, I swipe, I if I swipe right enough, right? And like people crave consistency. And the one thing I do really believe in is that fuck to fight ratio, that five to one. Mm. Have you heard about that? Is that five sexes for one fight? So I don't... it's it's five positive reinforcements for every one negative. Okay, yeah. Um, that's the... No, it's five to one is the minimum. Yeah. It's supposed to be 11 to one, right. actually, for ideal. But not more than that. Not more than 11 to one. So really? somewhere between five and 11 is the sweet spot. I wonder, is, then it's point of diminishing returns. Then if you have more than 11 positive, then you see that person as uh, a loser. Like subservient. They stop, they're spineless. Yeah. yeah. Because they, you need a little bit of resistance and conflict. You need a little bit of fight. Yeah. You, know, you just fuck. But uh, yeah, no doubt. Um, it didn't work out for Lamar Odom. But I was <laughs> I, like, I, I, I really do, for whatever reason, believe in that. And like what you're saying, even though you just mentioned like, think how many meals do you eat a day? Three. 
And then maybe, I don't know if you're fucking once a day for the rest of your life, but early on, easily fucking twice a day, right? So like that's five right there. And that you're just talking about me. You're not talking about anything else considerate other than I had you for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Baby, I made you a sandwich. Enjoy your day. Like that, right? You know, three meals, two fucks. And like you could replace a fuck with a nice hug. <laughs> Right. And like that's that's five positives. And then it allows you to have a disagreement that you've had enough equity in. And like I do really believe that that's a strong thing. And it is kind of a shame that I don't know that like why guys I don't know if this is true because I don't have like a huge circle. But like why guys aren't able to lead women to the point where it's like, baby, you got to serve me more. You know, like, like I need you to provide a home for me more. I wonder if like those conversations happen and like, I just didn't have them, you know, or I didn't see them and I wasn't exposed to them. No, I just think it was like our generation or the generation before us really just left a lot and said, I think that's really what it is. Whereas like our generation, thank God is much more about direct communication. So like men are able to say more than ever. I want this. I want that. Like, this is what I, and like, if you're a man who actually has anything, like you have money, you have prestige, you have whatever you can, you make the rules. Yeah. You make the rules for women. You really do. You're, you, you set it up. You say, this is, this is the rubric that I'm judging good quality girlfriend material. And like, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do this. And like, you get to say, and like women are very, because, because we, the feminine energy receives it's like we compute that and then we just like transmute that into a like a living breathing thing like and it's nothing for us by the way it feels like zero effort like my partner for example like loves when we just like have like beach days and I do nothing to my face we're just like out here living the beach life and like that's what we do because that makes him happy was I going to the beach several times a week before we met no <laughs> but just because I didn't like it, it's just like I just didn't think of it. And like right. he loves it. It's so good for me. It's been so good for my skin. I've been feeling so much better from getting so much more vitamin D. It's been great. But like it's so easy just to be that because like I want to be. Like it he calls it out of me and it feels effortless. It doesn't feel like, oh wow, I have to like do the beach and it's like Neh. like I just feel like, oh wow, yay, I get to do this thing. It's so great. I love it. It's so fun. But it's because I admire him. So I think that, like, that's really what it is. It's finding a, f- a female that admires you enough to be feminine for you. And I think not a lot of – not men don't put a high enough price tag on that. Like, they think finding anyone who's attractive and just, like, trying to hold her down. Like, oh, she'll, she'll fuck me and she's pretty. Better not let her go. Instead of just going, like, no, I'm going to let you go if you're not going to be the one that I need to have to be – to feel like I'm getting, like – to give my full self to you because you can't give your full self to one who's henpecking you. You can't. You wouldn't expose yourself because it fucking hurts to get pecked when you're exposed. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. Right. So then you're, you become less of a man. You're less willing to like stick your neck out or be protective or be providing because you're scared. And that's not the position men should be in. Right. Like I would rather be the person that gets corrected than be the one correcting. Like, it just doesn't feel natural to me. Like, it feels weird and gross. Like, I would rather someone tell me, like, oh, no, we're not going to do it like that. Or, like, no, I'm not going to be there at that time. We're going to do a different time. Like, it actually makes me feel better. I feel better in the relationship when I'm just 
carried along. Like even like in like when we go places, he like bumps me to where I need to be. He's like, oh no, I'm over there. Oh, over. Like he'll like, yeah. and I'm like, oh okay, we're walking through this parking lot. I don't even have to think when I'm walking through a parking lot. He's just telling me what like, to do. This motherfucker's on high alert. All the way fucking off. Yeah, that's man. That's funny, man, because I think about that um, with my daughter who's 13, and I actually had this epiphany. It, I, like, I was borderline depressed for like a month and a half because I'd been telling her to like make the right choice and helping her to realize and rationalize, and this is what you do, this is what you do. And the other night, I'm like, dude, I'm fucking done telling you to make the right choice. Like, hey, you should get off your phone and do this. Hey, you need to have a hobby. You know what I did? I'm like, dude, give me the phone. We're making meatballs. And it was the best time we've had in a month and a half. And she wasn't I a bitch about that. it. And like women it, love it. Yeah, and we love it like, from what, a young age. Yeah, Even what, if we're resistant to it, we love it. No doubt. And she and she was like, Oh my god, I can't touch the wrong mean. She's doing this whole thing. I'm like, dude, it's happening. I'm like, wrap your head around oh, yeah. it. Like, go grab an egg, crack it, get some seasoning. Like, I'll chop up the veggies. You're making meatballs, man. And like, I, I, I realized in the moment, it's like, the reason I made the choice is because I'm like, I fell into this weird trap of like, I want her to discover what's right versus no motherfucker. Like, dude, you're the adult and you're sitting here sad because your kid's not making the right choice. Do you know what you would tell someone if they said that to you? She's a fucking kid, man. Like, you need to make the choice for her. Like right. you need You're to asking. show her what's up and this is your new responsibility. And fight, like, if she's mad, fuck it. You can be mad, but you're doing some shit. And then guess right. what'll happen? She'll probably get over it. And, and it's not even that. It's like, she's going to feel so protected by that. Like right. that makes women feel more safe. It makes us feel more safe to be like, nope, we're not doing that thing over here. Even if it's something we think we really want. Yeah. Like just to be told like, nope, that's where the boundary is. That's the edge. That's not going to work. Like, being told that means like you have boundaries and you have edges and like there are places that you don't want to be crossed and like getting into the power struggle, especially with kids, such a bad idea because then it becomes things are a negotiation. Things are yeah. not a negotiation. I don't ask my kids anything. I say, are you going to brush your teeth or do I need to brush your teeth? Yeah. I'll put a toothbrush in your mouth. No problem. Do you, not, do you my help to do this task? And it doesn't matter if it's a benign or it's a big deal. Oh, you don't want to get out of the car and, and whatever. You don't want to get dressed for da, da, da. like, well, I'm going to put you in these tights foot by foot. This is how it's going to go. Or you can make the choice to do it yourself, you know, and that's, that's on you and be embarrassed about it. die mad. If I dress you in something you don't like die mad. Cause I'm not, <laughs> I do not play. And I feel like it's like, just like with children. Um, it's, it's, I really do think like women have this sort of energy where we, have the most ideal experience when we have a partner that protects us from that decision fatigue. Like we are a better woman. We are more interested in sex if we didn't have to think about 47 things on the way to the sex. Like if you pick the restaurant, you tell me when to be ready. You pick the music. You, like if I don't have to pick anything, actually, I like the ox cord. <laughs> if my man is listening, <laughs> disregard them. Um, but like if you pick everything and I don't have to, I don't have to like pick my seat at the restaurant he every single time is like in front of me telling me where like th this is the one this is yeah. the seat this one's first you know every time i don't have to make a decision i am hornier and i really feel like it's it's like a lever that now, just keeps raising so this, and i feel like i should be more aware of it this is a to me at least interesting philosophical question and i um i'm not meaning this in some like 
you don't like your children or have your children go away thing. But I wonder is part of the attractiveness because you've had the opposite for so much, it seems like. And like part of oh, why I've had to do it all, like I've had to make the decision, do the thing. No, no, like, like if, if this would have been if you'd have been having partner in your life acting this way since twenty two. So for mm-hmm. the last ten years, it's been going down this way. Are you still valuing this or are you feeling trapped by this? Have you thought about that? Like part of the appeal you know, is because it's the opposite. I, really do think, I don't think that I ever come to this conclusion had I not lived the lifestyle that I did. Because I grew up conservative Christian, like super conservative Christian, like you don't have sex until you get married. And it's like the guy who ended up like that I lost my virginity to in high school bought me a promise ring. So like we're gonna be together forever, babe. <laughs> Real serious. Dude, how many like, guys got laid with promise rings? I know. It's the magic chicken. Like, dude, they fun. sent motherfuckers to like Bible school to figure this out or like um what vacation Bible week? What's the like Bible study yes, thing in the yes, summer? Yes. Yes. Vacation Bible school. Yeah. BBS. Yes. And like dudes came back at 15 years old being like, I got the secret sauce. It's a five dollar sterling silver ring. That means nothing. Matter of fact, I just bought them in bulk, bro. Let me hand them out to you. Right, a hundred percent. So that was so like I like came from that where I was like very scared of my sexuality and was like, if you are absolutely deeply in love with me and I have sex with you, like I'm ruined for life. To like being like, why did I ever think that all these people were crazy? They were in a cult. Like you know what I mean? Like I was just like, this is trash. College has taught me. I'm in charge of my fertility and my body and blah, blah, blah. Um, so I would like went that entire route of like being like, I'm a free spirit. Luckily for me, thank God. I always, and I tell my partner this too, like I, I actually don't like have a super high body count. Cause I was mostly in very like long, long-term relationships, like one to three years. And like my last relationship, my marriage, I was in it for six years. So I was like, it wasn't like I was out here hoeing it up. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't have very many pockets of time where I was, like, single and mingling, you know? Uh, I was mostly just in, like, long-term relationships. Um, But I definitely didn't have the thought of, like, I have to, like, be, you know, keep my legs closed and, like, waiting until I got proposed to, to, like, do things. Like, I was just like, I'm a free woman. I do whatever I want. I choose. And that attracted the most feminine men ever into my life. Like, because I was like, I'm a girl. This is how it's going to go. You tell me I'm hot. You bring me coffee in the morning. You do this. You do that. You do this. Oh, actually, can I call you right back? Can I just, can I take this really quick before I die? All right. All right, well. Am I back? Can you hear me? Absolutely. Oh, sweet. Okay, cool. Yeah, Delaware, Um, was just reading about it, passed. I've, what state are you in? Florida. Florida, okay. So I'm in Delaware. They just, uh, the Senate just passed a pot legalization for the second time. So last okay. time the governor vetoed it, um, and then the senators who voted for it didn't vote to override his veto, which is hilarious. And then like another- Oh, so that's how it feels? Be like, oh, you guys just didn't catch it on the- on the back. Yeah, well, back they didn't like want to piss off the governor on the like overriding his veto, but they were cool sending him a bill knowing it would be vetoed, which was really weird. Um, but the other weird thing is, so it's a Democratic governor, Democratic House, Democratic Senate. All the Republicans, except for one in the state, voted against legalizing pot, but our Democratic governor is going to reject it for some reason. 
Like it's one of those times where you're like, what the fuck, man? Like take the take the tax money. Yeah. (laughs) Take take the fucking tax money. Why why are you you fumbled the ball? Yeah, that's so true. Um, Literally, take the tax money. Yeah, take take the fucking tax money, man. Uh, so it's just I don't know everything I've read um, about pot compared to alcohol. You're like, how is it any worse? It's definitely not. It's not even close to worse. I don't even know why we're even pretending that at this point. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like saying, how are you going to keep it out of the hands of kids? I'm like, I don't know. How do kids not bring in like shots of vodka to school? Right. Like, how do you keep them from shooting up school? (laughs) We just don't know how at this point. We just, we just don't. So might as well just stop pretending we have some modicum of control, honestly. No doubt. Let people do what the fuck they want to do. Yeah. So that would actually be something to get interested in. I was going to ask you about like, does the MILF tag go away when you become monogamous? But instead I want to go the anarchist vibe okay sure that's fine yeah how did you come to that type of world view oh i love this question because it's real weird so i grew up in a house (laughs) of like super conservative republicans since the whole like conservative christian bullshit um like super pro-military pro-war like bush is the best um kind of people and i like accepted that you know swallowed that down was like super conservative even started my own college chapter of college republicans because i was like so gung-ho about politics back then avid fox news watcher and uh then i was like wow i actually never questioned any of this and i'm not sure that bombing people is actually excusable and of course it's never like a light bulb moment it's like a hundred moments in a hundred conversations with different people like how do you make sense of like your own even religious convictions, but also are okay with like people just being kicked because they're homeless, you know what I mean? Or like spikes on benches because we just can't have homeless people having a place to sleep. Right. You know, like it's like once you, um, once you have to experience that um, sort of cognitive dissonance, you have to like sort of face it. So then I was like, all right, I'm still skeptical of the government. I had uh, my oldest daughter. Um, I decided not to vaccinate her because I had a lot of complications from childhood vaccines. And so then I was like on one. When you like, say not vaccinate like anything, chicken pox, no. measles, polio. None of them. Gotcha. Yeah. And she's nine and a half and alive. So the smallpox did not get her. Um, so anyway, I decided not to do that. Like I said, I had like multiple like adverse events as a child. Um, and I have like an autoimmune condition, so it's like, it just didn't make sense to me. And I'm just like, I'm not doing it. And then I fell down like kind of the rabbit hole of like, wow, why do we push so many vaccines on children at one time? Like, why is the schedule in 1989, you know, 16 doses. And now in 2023, it's, you know, 76 doses. Is it really that much? Yeah. To be a fully vaccinated, like. 16 year old you end up getting 76 doses they just started combining them in like single shots there's like you know the mmrs it used to be three separate vaccines but now it's one combined shot same thing with dtap all that stuff so they just like comboed it so you're just getting multiple at once and they were never tested for synchronized toxicity so like we don't know what they do together either like we have no studies on that like besides just live human action trials are going on right now and like the current study that's occurring (laughs) 
you know, the current human study that like nobody's like dying off in mass quantities. So I guess it's okay. Um, but anyway, so I kind of fell down that rabbit hole and I was like, okay, I'm still skeptical of the government. Like what else is there for me? Ended up starting to follow Russell Brand who had like kind of dropped the sort of celebrity status and was becoming more political and his big political like shtick was like, I don't trust the news media or like the corporate media. He was kind of communist back then. And I was like, wow, like maybe I'm a communist because like, I agree we should try (laughs) to take care of each other. And like, that is my personal ethic, right? Like that's how I live my life personally. I try to be generous to other people. I believe that they should get some. So I like, spent two weeks probably thinking i think i'm a a communist like russell brand me and russell and it's how the christian church started when christ left was like they just pooled all their resources and gave according to people's needs like literally yes yeah (laughs) like and then somebody somebody tried to fuck the system and they died like they were killed by the holy spirit because they withheld and lied to the church and weren't giving their extras. Right. Like, I mean, like the communism really is a super, um, not to cut you off, but like they were Lex Friedman and Sam Altman, the creator of chat GBT were talking about this and like, could communism work if you took out human corruption and replaced it with artificial intelligence who could determine (laughs) what is your need and could then distribute without greed because they don't need what you are providing. Right. And I was like, yeah. that's some deep philosophical shit right there. That, that is, that is actually anyway, quite I, deep. I think like most good people want people in need to get taken care of. I feel like communism's that, that, that simplicity of it. Or the oversimplified version yeah. of it, not the per- version where there are millions of people starve and die. And it's completely you know inefficient. In, and like in, they have no creative incentive. It's all about you know efficiency. I mean, maybe because it's a pretty famous Jordan B. Peterson has made it pretty famous. But did you know that in Venezuela, nobody dies from starvation anymore because they made it illegal for doctors to list that as cause of death? Oh, no shit. I did not. So now it's like just not allowed to be listed. I Because people aren't actually dying of starvation. <laughs> just, you know, the, we'll just, just lie harder. The communist stat that fucked me up, and I forget where I got it from, but it was from a book. It wasn't from a podcast. Um they were like, well, when communism happens, it crushes innovation because communism focuses on the efficient delivery of the resource, not the development of it. So you figure out how to make a stove. And once they know how to make a stove that gets to everybody, that's all they fucking focus on is making that stove and getting it to people versus could we make a stove better? But that's research and development, which incurs a loss which disrupts the supply chain. And right. I was like, oh, dude, that's... I know, like like what you were saying about 100 little things over 100 days or whatever. Like, that was one of those where I'm like, yeah, I need to think about this more because that really does make a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think like as with all things, like it's like we need we need to take the principles of a lot of different philosophies and create like some, like something new sort of, um, cause I feel like you can't just, you know, you can't just use your moral values and think like applied across, you know, millions of people it'll work out. Like, I don't think that that's a real thing. Um, so anyway, I was like a communist for two weeks. Uh, 
And uh, then I was like, you know, I don't believe that people work outside of incentives. Like I do think people worked, work basically most well under incentive. Um, If there's no incentive to do something, most time people won't do it. Is it incentives or accountability? And I'm curious, like how you like came to that realization, like age wise um, and experience wise. Yeah, I guess like for me, what I essentially believed was like, okay, in this like utopia world, like how many people do I think there are that would, if they could skip feeding someone would, Hmm. and I don't know a lot of people that would, you know, but I do think there would be some, they would be like, oh, I'm not giving my money to that. Like that's not as important to me. And because I don't, I think it's immoral to force people to do the right thing. Like, I don't care. Even if it is the right thing, force is immoral. So like, I don't like, and I think that's the highest, that's the highest moral code to me is that every interaction should be based on consent. And there's no consent if there's forced charity. That's not consent. But you can force kids to do stuff. So is it like age-based? Um... Well, so I guess, yeah, I mean, I do think like... Because it's for their betterment and for their shaping. You know what I'm saying? I I mean, I don't know. I think if it's not for their safety, I think you shouldn't do things to kids either. Like, I also believe in consent for children. So like, I mean, obviously it's like within reason. Like you you might not consent to your car seat, but you're getting in it because it's for your (laughs) safety. But on like things like you have to eat dinner, you have to do... Like, no, I don't... There's none of that in my house. I do not do it. Because I do think it disrupts... The, the the positive relationship that you should have with every being, which is that our relationship is based on consent. Yeah. And I wasn't trying to get you in a gotcha moment. I was more like oh, no, thinking no, no. out no, loud of a like situational because I, I, I think one of my things is like my absolute is there are no absolutes. And when you start okay. trying to make rules, there's always a fucking exception that skirts through. But I do like what you're saying about like the consent. And you shouldn't be forced to do stuff. But then I'm starting to think of my kid like, no, motherfucker. Like, I'm forcing you to bring your plate down so that that dirty thing doesn't sit up in your room for 15 weeks. Like, you're forced to do that. I'm not going to like. Right. And I do think on a micro level, like on a micro level, I do think there has to be a a hierarchy. Right. There has to be a hierarchy. And there always is a hierarchy of merit. Like, there's always, there's usually in a healthy society there's a merit-based hierarchy jp talks about this so it's like i would listen to someone smarter than me if they were telling me what to do i would consent to their rule because like under a certain circumstance like if i was like you know oh if you're telling me on this roller coaster i need to wear this fucking protective thing i'd be like uh, I, you can't make me like, no, for sure. They can't make you, you know, maybe, but you don't want to die. So you do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, there's a lot of nuance to it because most people will consent to things that are good for them. Yeah. I know that. And like in the plate thing, you help your kid understand like, dude, are you trying to sleep with bugs? Are you trying to have mold? And then they're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And now it's not so much force. Like I'm not legitimately tasing my child with a prod as they with tears bring a plate down you know so right. yeah as i'm right. and it's like example. levels of force too i mean like it's a, it's whatever force is necessary to like maintain the order of your house hypothetically and i feel like if everyone only used that limited amount of force like only the amount of force that was necessary to you know like have like a peaceful home local culture you know what i mean like i feel like if we 
if there wasn't like an overarching like people in suits saying like we got to do this you know it was like <laughs> who more, are disconnected like, from you yeah so are these experiences of yours or you just like meditate do you take psychedelics how do you come to these no. realizations like so quickly? no i like you know it's so funny i don't do really mind altering substances at all i like pretty rarely drink um and now that i'm dating someone who's totally sober like i probably won't drink hardly ever um and I just, I've always been like a really deep person. Like even like when I was like, I remember saying, like, I remember my internal monologue at eight saying to me, like, I remember saying to myself at eight, you're eight, get your, get your shit together. Like not shit. I'm sure I said like, you need to figure it out, sort it out. You're eight years old. Like, like, like criticizing myself that I need to like get my shit together at eight. Because I really, like, was very mentally tough on myself, always. Like, I, I always wanted to sort things out and figure them out. I always, like, joke. I ended up getting, in, like, accepted into gifted in uh, third grade. And they did do an IQ test. So, I mean, obviously, they didn't end up proving that it was true that I was gifted. But I used to joke that I think that I became gifted because I was too scared to ever let my alcoholic father teach me anything. So I just absorbed knowledge at just a fascinating rate to avoid his rage. <laughs> like that's really what made me a gifted person like you're supposed to write it like a college entrance essay on your hero and I was like gonna make mine ironic but like my dad was my hero because he terrified me so much that I knew I like need to be able to like be smart enough to like get the fuck out <laughs> like, uh -huh. like sort my shit out you know so um that was me like you're my hero for <laughs> satire you're already that young going with satire yeah yeah definitely we're laughing at your pain. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I guess you started laughing, so I felt like I could as well. No, absolutely. Please do laugh at it. It's the only way to cope in life with suffering. So Yeah, that was another thing. They were talking, um, I forget who it was. People that were actually Sam Altman talking about dark humor with chat GBT. And it was like, yeah, people in the Ukraine when Lex went over there, like that's what breaks the tension is dark, dark. The darker the situation, the darker the humor to match it because you need the release. All right. Right. It's like you need to be able to think about it in a soft way. Otherwise, you're going to die. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it overwhelms you. So you, you just sat there and anal you just always been this analytical person. So you get something and you're constantly like Rubik's cubing the different angles of it. And now you're a communist. And then you're like, wait a minute, that's coercion. Yeah. Yes. Then I was like, that's coercion. Like that's force. I mean, like grannies are all coming from like different thinkers, right? Like I kind I kind of got the, like more of the overarching concept of anarchism from, um, someone named Larkin Rose. He's on YouTube. He's an author. He's written a bunch of books. Um, he wrote my favorite book of all time called the most dangerous superstition. And it's about the government, like, and governments in general being the most dangerous superstition that people have. Mm. And I really think that it was displayed for me in a way that I could not logically take it down in any way that I've like ever, ever been able to try and think through a way where it makes sense to tell someone else to sell some group of people that they can have rights that other people can't have. Like if it's immoral for me to do, it's immoral for me to tell someone else that they can do it. So like, it's not moral for me to take somebody off the street that I see some doing something I don't like and put them in my shed and lock them up. So like, why is that allowed for, people in uniforms and police cars to do like why is that how is that moral like is if that... it's not moral for me to do as a single person why is it moral for them to do when you say moral isn't it like it is moral for you to stop an attack on someone for sure for sure no one would disagree with that 
But what, what if he comes immoral is taking him and putting him in my shed and locking him there for whatever arbitrary amount of time that I decide is enough. That's what's immoral. And everyone agrees yeah. on that. They're like, yeah, of course, you just got that guy. Or, oh, person breaks into your house, fuck him up. Everybody would agree on that. But it, you wouldn't be like, well, instead of doing that, I'm just going to like uh, just go up to a person that I just thought looked at me the wrong way and shoot him in the face. Like No one would be like, yeah, it's a great idea. You should definitely do that. You know what I mean? Or like no knock raids, like the idea of that. Can you imagine just not knocking on someone's door, kicking the door down and then shooting them? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, you can't imagine doing that as a person because it's not what people do. Like this is this is a hallucination. This is this is that mass formation psychosis where we all just like believe that's a normal thing because we've just been like steeped in it. But there's nothing normal about that to me. So, yeah, I don't know. I just stopped believing it. It's, like, really wild. And once you stop believing it, it's, like, one of those things. It's, like, you can't, like, recap that bottle and be, like, well, I don't know. Maybe we just need people in suits to still be telling us how fast to drive on a side road or we might die. We become uncivilized if we start going 35 instead of 30. Like, it's not real. Like, and everybody accepts that that's true. Okay. And I've never, I've never spoken to somebody who's into anarchy. So I, I, I guess I'm just processing a lot to try to understand the concept and it like the morality and the choice or the control. So it seems like, is it right to do this thing? And should you be controlled in what you are allowed to do or can get penalized for doing? Cause you're allowed to speed. It's just, if you get caught, that's the issue. Right, but it's, like, the whole idea of catching someone is yeah. its own problem, too. Like, the idea that, like, some people are allowed to catch you, but some people aren't. Like, have you ever thought about that? And that's something that took me, like, a long time to come to terms with, too, because I was, like, why do I care if if it's only scary if you get caught, then is it really something bad that you're doing? You know what I mean? Or is it actually just morally wrong and you shouldn't be doing it, period? In which case getting caught isn't the thing that's to be worried about. It's the doing yeah. it in general. So, and I don't know if this is over, over deep diving, but I do wonder, you take the school, um, so you take a school and you take speeding and you're like, wow, there are kindergartners there. Mm-hmm. How many people would go 75 on their own? Like how many people are that psychotic? And maybe I'm psychotic for thinking like no one would, but then I'm thinking of like, no, oh, not. there's a curve. So I've been going 75 for 10 miles and then there's this little curve and I'm new to the town and I have no idea or I'm 21 years old and I don't realize kids get out of school at three o'clock and now some impulsive kid is chasing a balloon and boom, where it would have been avoided had I just followed the blinky light that said school zone, 20 miles an hour and the threat of having my license revoked the threat of not having my car, the threat of losing money, let alone the threat of manslaughter charge, makes me slow down, which then saves a life. Okay, I totally get that logic, which is obviously what our laws are foundationally built on, but can I ask you something? Um, If it was legal tomorrow to murder someone, would you? Oh, fuck, man. I don't know. Because I've grown up for 41 years being like, I won't. Right. So that's the purge that, that that's the purge scenario. The 24 hours of just right. free so, but I'm, but lawlessness. I'm saying like, it, like I, I'm just saying, I'm saying you right this second, 
you and me were right here. Me yeah, I feel Sean. like I would. I'm saying, Sean, tomorrow you wake up tomorrow. There is no recourse. You can go kill somebody. I don't think I would enjoy. Yes or no? Like, I don't think I would enjoy. So when like chat GBT, the first thing I typed into chat GBT was what stock should I buy to become a millionaire? And it didn't tell me. Do you know what the second thing that I wanted to type in there, but I have a work computer, so I didn't? What bank should I rob and get away with it? Tell me how. And I wanted it to analyze a bank that I could, I, like in my head, I'm like, oh shit, it can process where the cameras are and what type of money and pickup systems for when cash will be on hand. And I'm playing out like 20 different bank robbing scenario movies in my head and hoping that chat GBT condenses it and says, go to this location at this time with this letter that all you have to do is push print and hand it to the teller and you will walk out with 40 grand. And I was like, I think I'd do that shit. If like there was no law against robbing a bank, I think I'd be devious enough to go fucking snatch some money. But then would I feel bad because... If it's not federally insured, I'm actually robbing from someone who's like Christmas funded is versus now I don't give a fuck about a bank robbery because it's insured. Right. So like there, so it's, it's multi-layered, right? Yeah, because dude, it gets not, deep. There's not, there's not no, there's not no consequences. The consequences are just different. Yeah. So like if you kill, let's just say, let's just say you're like a really angry ex-boyfriend, let's say, and you decide that girl really, whoever your 13 year old mom is really fucked you up and ruined your life. I don't think she did, but let's just say she did. And you're like, oh, I'm no. gonna kill I, I got a strong picture in my head on that scenario. Okay. All right. All right. So let's just like say that's you. You're like, you're that guy. You're going to go kill her. Who's to say that the guy she was fucking, her brother, her dad, don't fucking come after you. And why wouldn't they? And people would cheer. They'd be like, you fucking deserved it, bro. And that would be how that would end. Nature. Just a right. natural consequence. But like the things that actually hold people, people think it's laws that hold us to our principles. When in reality, there are cons there are natural consequences that exist outside of punitive consequences. That's another way that I raise my children, right? I raise them with natural consequences, not punitive consequences. So I don't go like, if you don't do this, I'm going to do this arbitrary, unrelated thing that you don't want. I will say things like, if it takes us an hour to get out of here because you can't decide between the Squishmallow and the whatever other trinket you want to buy from Five Below, I'm not going to have time to stop for pizza, so we're going to be eating leftovers. Yeah. that's And that's not a punitive consequence. That's that's the real, that's that's real reality. life. When you take too much time, there are consequences for it. So it's like, to me, it's a, it's a natural extension of that. It's saying, instead of creating <clears throat> arbitrary rules around things like let's see if the market can, can do anything better you know what did more for uh for slowing down the rate of duis and uh alcohol related incidents of death um on the roads like more than any cop ever did fucking uber the creation of uber <laughs> changed the fucking game because now people had a low cost low barrier of entry way to not be a piece of shit and people took that option it's like people are like i want to just risk my life i don't know like you can't i don't know if you can say that because the punitive it was better than the alternative now do i if i'm not worried about a cop pulling me over me losing my license profession driver's license and possibly professional licenses ten thousand dollars jail time if those consequences aren't there, am I really paying $40 to go to a bar there and back? Or am I okay, on my but, own yeah, ride? Here's, here's the next thing. 
DUI is, is very, is very thought crime to me. Cause it's not like a lot of people can drink three or four drinks, be legally drunk and would never hurt any property or any person getting home. Well, so I would say if you're and you're not fall down drunk and you can drive yourself home from the bar after, you know, a couple bottles or whatever, then great. Drive yourself home. I don't believe in holding people accountable for what they might maybe possibly do. Yeah, the potential. Bad. Like it the DUI. You know what I mean? Did you ever see Minority Report? Or I don't know if you read it. I'm sure it's a book, but Minority Report was a movie with Tom Cruise. I heard of it, but I've never actually watched it, okay. I don't think. Um, I don't wanna I don't wanna mansplain with you, but I guess I'll be masculine and just mansplain to you. Yes. So basically I'm into it. these <laughs> oracles can determine if you're gonna kill somebody. And the minority report, this ball pops out and says, You B will kill me in four minutes. So they hop in these fucking hovercrafts and they jump in through my window and they stop you as you walk in my door. And they say, you are arrested for the future murder of Sean, even though you never have. Because the oracles are never wrong. The ball that the oracles produce with the name B on it is guaranteed killer. We have this as proof somehow. So now we arrest you before you commit the crime to save Sean's life. And I've always thought DUI penalties were just like that. It's like, motherfucker, I, I didn't put on my turn signal and I reek of Jim Bean. So now I'm fucking hemmed up for what? It should be a $25 ticket, dude. It, it shouldn't be. But, but, it, but it could, like you said, like losing your professional license. It can make it so like you don't have a real job. Dude, you no, know? that's what I'm saying. But it's all on the potential of the damage okay. versus what actual Correct. damage versus occurred. Real, yes. and, and so but, like that's my thing that anarchists believe. No victim, no crime, right? Yeah. There's no victim if for a DUI. There's no victim. Not Society at that point. maybe potentially is not a victim. Yes. But I guess the, <laughs> the, I guess the thing society, I... The thing I had with the Uber example is I feel Uber was only allowed to be a great help towards DUIs because the penalties were so stiff. So that's an argument of the government actually helping the rules, helping the industry of Uber. Yeah, I don't I mean, I, I definitely don't think I agree with that. I think that most people like most rational people that I know, if they know they're going to be out drinking, even though maybe their greater fear is of like. It's more because the greater fear is that, like, they may actually believe I wouldn't hurt anyone if I drove home after six drinks at 3 a.m. when no one's on the road. It would be very unlikely for me to actually hurt anyone. But I'm too scared of cops pulling me over, so I'm going to take an Uber. So maybe it isn't actually the threat of killing someone that seems great, but that's because it is not very great. And, of course, it's tragic when it happens. But... The idea that every person who's ever gotten an Uber would definitely get in the car and kill somebody is wild. It's just that's a fantasy. It's yeah. a fantasy that people and it's like it's again not any less tragic when it happens, but it happens just as much when people are texting or putting on makeup or yeah. you know reaching back to a car seat. Like there's no amount, there's no way to measure like that this substance specifically and people on it are so much more dangerous than people doing any a number of other things in the car. You know. Yeah, or just determining fate that there will happen to be somebody there and the likelihood of that means we should penalize everybody who does it the exact same way. Correct. Regardless of Correct. consequence. I That's right. interesting. I like the saying, no victim, no crime, because I feel 
I don't know if I'm all the way on anarchist, but something about that, maybe it's my DUI pasts, have like, hit, like <laughs> that that hits home. Are you out of DUI? That, dude, yeah. <laughs> I, you haven't lived life. Fuck yeah, you haven't lived life. Yeah, that's so funny. Actually, you know, it's so funny. You can't trust somebody I... who doesn't have one. Like that's a real saying. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I actually don't have a DUI because I literally don't ever drink and drive. Um, but anyway, uh, I watched I watched a man that I was dating get out of a DUI too, which was great. Like who was definitely drunk and just knew what to say and was had pretty good gross motor skills and somehow got out of a DUI. No shit, it was a wild wildest night of my life. I was like, he is going to jail. I was like trying to think through, like, do I know where this man has cash? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't even know how to, like, because I've never even been to a jail to visit someone. Like, I don't know anything about a jail. Like, I would be so <laughs> fucked if I was the responsible party <laughs> in that um, situation. Was this, like, a bumble date or, like, oh, no, <laughs> a it was, like, decent relationship? So I, had, I had a long-time situationship after my marriage. You know, it was one of those, like, well, this will just be, like, the thing I do for now because I'm sad girl. And then I just, like didn't get out when I should have and I just was like I'm real comfy just being here being the girl in the ivory condo tower that's not the girlfriend and then eventually I was like I think I want to be the girlfriend and then I was like no I do not this person is terrible (laughs) so then I got out of it but yeah just the label like what made it what was different about girl in ivory tower ivory condo tower and girlfriend um there really wasn't anything different except for like that I wanted like some kind of to feel some sense of permanence. And I felt, I always felt like he sort of treated me like, and, and it's so funny. Like, I feel like he will deeply regret this probably in a couple of years. Cause I think he'll end up staying single and be, he'll be your age and be like, there's no hot 32 year old who wants to marry me. Um, Ouch. But, like, so basically uh, you're no, saying no, I have no, no, no hopes no, no. with 32 year old. Appreciate that. No, 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 I mean, not you. You're great. But I just mean, like, I think, like, men get to a certain age where, like, they can't get younger, hot women anymore the way they used to, right? And so Facts. then they're like, now, like, now your only option is, to, like, single moms. And I'm like, if you're going to date a single mom, I'm like the pick of the litter, right? Like, I'm an anomaly. I'm not living off of anybody's child support. I'm not, like, dragging men through courts. You know what I mean? Like, that's not me so like i know that about myself like i'm not like a stereotypical single mother i don't the government doesn't support my life you know so like the fact that like he i think he always held it in his brain that like he couldn't really make it official because he didn't want to be a stepdad he had like some very deep trauma around the whole stepdad as a figure thing and yeah and so he always kind of made me feel like less than and, like, I knew because I was a woman, I could, like, throw my weight around and be like, I'm never going to see you again unless you, like, make me your girlfriend. And then he was willing to relent to it, but that just made me see him as, like, less of a man. So, ultimately, yeah. like, that wasn't what I wanted either. Because he's not claiming you. Right. Yeah. He was, like, I, he wasn't, like, being decisive. I yeah. was like, he's like, I want you. You're what I'm going to have. This is how it's going to be. Like, he was just like, I mean, I guess. If it's a choice yeah. of you going away or you I mean, staying in really the really want it. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. No. And it's like it's sad because like I think you really did. Because even like when I left him, like I dated someone else for a while, and then like hit him up and like was like, "Hey, you want to just like watch a movie, like and just hang out?" And he was like, "Wow, you just haven't spoken to me in months." Like he was taking it way more seriously than yeah. I thought he Dude, would. Dude, how have. are like, you not jumping on that booty call? 
<laughs> yeah, but no, he was like, Do you know what no. I'm saying? Like, dude, somebody fucking like, I, when you were just like on the pod, you're like, hold on, can I take this call? I was secretly hoping somebody would then message me being like, hey, you want to watch a movie? And then I would just shoot you a message like, later, B. <laughs> <laughs> Jumping on that fucking X. But like, so that's interesting because I, and dude could probably whoop my ass or at least I would fuck around and find out. But what like a, was he that hurt? Like, why would you not just show up and bare minimum, like enjoy some physical contact? Right. I mean, like I said, I think it, he, he really, I think was deeply emotionally attached to me and didn't allow himself to what? recognize that or reconcile it. So like, instead of it, like he was just like, well, I just like, don't like know what to do with this right now. Like, instead of like, just being like, Hey, I really had strong feelings for you. I didn't realize I had them like, like cause I was like, I don't want to be involved with you like in this weird, like fuck boy capacity. And then he was so insulted that I called him. I was like, I am not a fuck boy. I'm like, well, what do you call someone who like only calls you to fuck pretend who wants to pretend we're dating? No, but like, wasn't like that. Like I could, he would let me like borrow his car. He would like buy me food all the time. It wasn't like, it was just like a one way street of like me doing whatever he wanted. It was like, he, he was treating me like his girlfriend, but he like, didn't want to all the way commit to me like that's you're being a fuck boy you're not gonna give me every saturday night because maybe somebody else might get it this week you know what i mean like i, I don't want to play that game you know what i mean like it's stupid so i just like took myself out of it because i was like i don't want to do this so, and it's sad because i thought it's because i wanted the label and i wanted to be with him on some level but as soon as he was able to like relent and kind of like lean into that i was like oh no yeah but no, it no, seemed no, like no. he relented in a feminine way in his emotions versus the claiming, the conquering of. Well, I right, also like, it wasn't like a logical choice. That's part of it. Another part of it was like, it's like, if it's really not what you want, then like be honest about not being what you want. Or if it is what you want, like be honest about that. He like got drunk and like confessed to me. Like, I just really am like, think you're the most amazing. Da, 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 da. And, like, I just, I care about you so much, but like, I'm just so terrified of the idea of being a stepdad and gave me his whole like life trauma, like crying drunk. It was so embarrassing for him. Like, I don't know. So like, I really think that's like, it just, he was never able to be completely honest. And I feel like a man who can't be completely honest isn't masculine to me. Wasn't that him being completely honest? No, because if you're drunk, like if it takes you getting drunk to be honest, like that means uh... you're living a life that's self-protective. Like so... you're not honest all the other times. In Vino Veritas? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's definitely a thing, but I'm saying I'm not that type of person because I wear my feelings on my sleeve all the time. So he's so. not, so then, and I, I'm not putting words in your mouth, but I'm, I guess, putting words in your mouth. Like the fact that you need something to get to your honesty, bitch. Right. That's, that's, that, I'm like, I, I shouldn't be tougher than you. Yeah, I can, like, I can deal with this shit right now. There was, now. There was a, a literal conversation on our second date between me and my now, now boyfriend. There was a literal conversation on our second date where we had this conversation about the only reason why I'm accepting dating someone who's shorter than me is because he's willing to accept that I have kids. And that is like an even exchange in the sexual market. Like, I am... How tall I'm are like, you? Huh? How tall are you? 5'8". Wow, as a Latina, 5'8"? Good I'm not a Latina. I just joke that I, oh. I have like the same attitude. I'm not. I'm not. I've been I'm totally not. judging you from that Latina frame. I was like, damn, 5'8"? Good for you. No, yeah, no. Yeah, I'm 5'8". Okay. Which is always really funny because like I'm thick. So I think you'll just assume like I'm a 
I'm like shrunk down, like squeezed, you know. Gotcha. Um, but no, no, I'm I'm a tall lady. So I, I so it was like uh, we actually had a whole conversation about it. Whereas, like, I feel like it was it would have been like something I just did and didn't like actually put words to. Where I would like, what negotiations are really being made here? Mm. You know what I mean? Because he is absolutely completely flawless, but he's short, and I feel like I am completely flawless, but I'm a single mom, and that's like black mark you know so we had this like actual overt conversation about it and like i loved it because like that was something that my the the liberal lawyer would never have been able to verbally say out loud that like except that you're too hot for me but you actually are a single mom so like i don't really know what your actual value is so like let me just stick you in a corner and hope you stay there you know like he wasn't ever willing to like say say the thing where he thought he was too high value. He felt like he, he I was, and it was hilarious because he's too low value for me. Like he can't find my equivalent. I know he's still on apps trying to. Like my equivalent doesn't exist as a single, never married, no kids. Like the only reason why I'm entertaining a guy like him was is because like I understand what my sexual market value is. I'm very aware of it. It is amazing like, that the, the way you phrase it as a commodity is so fucking interesting to me because I I don't know if enough people have like the self-realization to when when you're looking for that mate to actually analyze like pros cons, the plus minus chart. Right. A hundred percent. And it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, you can't get, you can't make it personal. You can't make it personal. It's like, I can sit here and pretend like it's so personal to me that a 28 year old hot body with abs at six two and makes six hundred thousand dollars a year doesn't want to choose me as a pick of the litter. Like, no, I fucking understand that. That totally fucking makes sense to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's not because I think that he's necessarily higher value than my my boyfriend, but I think that my boyfriend has less access to some of the women that he has access to. You're- and like that sucks. It's just the result of the way the world works, but that's real. You're only as, it was fun, the, the saying, and Jalen Rose is the one I heard it from, but like, you're only as faithful as your options. Uh, and it's not even like, I think that the word faithful is so fucked because yeah. it's like, I I don't, I don't consider monogamy to have anything to do with faithfulness personally with men. Um, because like, I don't, I don't think men are emotionally like polyamorous. Like, I don't think that men fall in love with multiple women. Like, I don't think they're like- I think it's exhausting boring. for a guy to put in the work to fucking emotionally connect with that many people. It, it's, it's Even so- Even with one, it's emotionally exhausting. Dude, it really, like, honestly is. Like, I, I think about that theory and I'm like, do you not fucking get guys? Like the whole like dudes will say 10,000 words a day, women will say 10,000 words in an hour type shit. And it's like, if I'm willing to open up to you- and like give you my time, you really think I'm doing that times five? And right. Women that actually shit. think that men have the capacity because we do. Yeah. We have the emotional capacity, but we don't have the same like sexual capacity. Yeah, no doubt. Like, dude, you could totally whatever, fuck five bitches in one night and all of a sudden it's like, yep, now I'm home. Like that would be more reasonable of an accusation than being like, you had five deep, soulful, earth changing conversations tonight you're like no dude it was a cocktail party we talked about basketball all right and then fucked in the bathroom it was surface level like (laughs) surface level we might have spoken about the weather that was it 
And it, 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 that's always been a very weird dynamic to me. Yeah. Well, because it comes back down to like what, what sexual, what, what's female sexual selection and what is it based on and what's male sexual selection and what is it, it's based on. Like they say men choose women that, that, that whoever says no the most, right? That's what JVP says. Who says no the most? But one of the things that I talk to my, my boyfriend about all the time is the reason why I'm more valuable is I have to say no more because I'm interesting. Like I'm, I'm hot. I'm hot enough. Like I'm not, I'm not like the hottest girl alive, but I'm, I'm hot enough. Right. I'm over a seven. The, the confidence definitely helps. Like if you're teetering on judging you, like if you're teetering on your rating and then you start talking to you about just anything, you're like, yeah, that confidence got to come from somewhere. I'm, right. I'm, like right. bare minimum, the confidence makes you round up. And that, I don't mean right, that as an insult, okay. but like so, that, yeah. it's like when you got drip on your whatever, like, oh shit, that chain like adds to the outfit. The confidence uh, okay. is the accessory where you're never going to round down because of it. Right. Absolutely. It's like, it's not like men don't need charisma and sense a sense of humor, but if you're, if you're over a seven and you have it, you're like yeah. that you have a lot more options, right? Yeah. Because there are men who are like, oh, I can have my pick of beautiful women, but like they're bored of boring, beautiful women. So if you're not a boring, beautiful woman, but you're still beautiful enough, like that's like game changing. So like I have to say no more as an interesting woman than than I think like a girl who is equally attractive would have to if she wasn't as intelligent or as interesting. So like and also like not I have like a very. I feel like I have an easy time relating to masculine energy because I look at the world in a very, a pretty like logical and reasonable way, Pragmatic. maybe more so than most women do, or at least in my experience. So like, I think that's the reason why he assesses so much value to me because he knows how many opportunities I could have had to say yes. Mm. You know what I mean? And that's different than a girl who is a six and has only had to say no 10 times in her life. Like she only had to say no 10, 10 times in her in six months. And I've had to say 10, no 10 times when I take one run around my neighborhood. You know what I mean? <laughs> like effectively, obviously not literally saying no that many times, but you know what I mean? Like, so yeah, like, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's really interesting. Like for, for me, I definitely don't derive men's values from like stupid shit. Um, but I know that men do derive value out of how attractive and how wanted they think a woman is. It, it's a weird competitiveness of, mm. I, I don't know if it's as simple as like, well, my boys think she's hot. And then do I have to worry about my, her being a slut fucking them? Like it's an interesting balance because mm-hmm. you want people to stare at your girl, but you don't want, them to get with her right you don't want to worry that she might be interested yeah Yeah. for sure or they have better game than you to make her interested right like you're not bringing her into a room where she's going to use you to gain access but at the same time you are confident and masculine enough to know like other motherfuckers might try to step but like i don't have to worry about that because i have counter moves it's it's a very it's a weird dynamic and I don't even know if everyone, I don't know if like you're aware at moments. Like as a dude, you don't know if you're aware. So th- this is, and I, I don't even know if you're super interested in this, but it was something early on, which I like, this is when I realized how the most minuscule gesture can mean so much. 
So I was friends. Um, I think she might have been 22. I was 19 or 18. I might have been 18 because I was waiting to go to the military. So I just graduated high school. It's a house party. Her boyfriend leaves and some dude starts hitting on her. And I have like, honestly, I can genuinely say I had like zero sexual interest in her. Yes, I thought she was hot, but I'm not trying to fuck her because my weed supplier at the time, the dude who's hooking me up with pot, that's his girl and that's my boy and we play basketball. And like, oh I'm yeah, not, men are much more like that. They're I'm much not, more like, they will respect another man. And I, I always, I, I actually just told my boyfriend this recently. I'm like, I feel like I say that I have a boyfriend a lot because I know that men have more respect for other men than women. So while I was like, I say, oh, I'm not interested in you and a guy might take it as like a challenge. If I'm like, oh, I have a partner, they're much more like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I don't want to step on that, dude. Because yeah. it, it's disrespectful. It's like car maker or whatever. It's like a boy thing. I, I don't know what it is. It's like yeah. Anyway, so you're like, we weren't trying to do anything. We weren't trying to do anything. Yeah, before. so this other dude starts hitting on her. And it's a house party. Well, it's a trailer party that we call a house party. So there's like whatever, <laughs> 50, 50 people in there. And I see like she's uncomfortable. So I just roll up. And it was like legitimately the first time I'd like not been affectionate, but been affectionate with her. And I put my arm around her and I'm like, what's up, man? How's it going? And he's like, oh, are you her man? And I'm like, yeah, dude, what's up? I'm Sean. Nice to meet you. You know, just trying to get this drunk asshole away from my friend's girl. So whatever, fast forwarded a year and a half, they're separated and she brings that moment up. And she's like, when you put your arm around me, I couldn't think of you in any other way other than I wanted your arm around me. Oh, and I'm a fucking, I love that. Because yeah, you well, were protective. It's because you were protective. That's so masculine. And we were designed to be like, who's going to ward off the most threats? Right? So me, I'm just like looking out for my friend, give zero fucks about you. Not in like that way, but in that way, if that makes sense. And right it turns out to be one of those things where it's like, that's the moment that was the pickup line. And there was no fucking pickup line. You know what I'm saying? Like that made me the most attractive to this pretty hot woman with a lot of options. And she's fucking seeking me out now because of an arm around your shoulder a year and a half ago. Like at 20 years old at the time, I was like, that's fucking powerful, man. That's insane. And I don't even you were harnessing your masculine energy. You didn't even know. Look so at that. that was in your, in your divine masculine. I love that story for you. Always have been in me. Um, but no, it's, I, I don't know. It, there's something. Because to me, like, that could have been inconsiderate. Because she didn't ask you for help. You could have thought of yourself as imposing on her. Who the fuck are you but to stand up you, for me? What? Who the fuck are you to stand up for me? I had that shit under control. Not even that. Yeah, it's like, it's more like, well, maybe that'd make her feel uncomfortable. Maybe, you know, da, da, da. like, it's like, no, you didn't think that. You just acted. You were like, I have the primal urge to protect this smaller, yeah. like, you know, needier being. And that's so masculine. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I wanted to circle back. It was on my mind. Um, What made you text dude? come over after breaking up with him? Well, no, it wasn't like, like directly after. It was just like some time had passed. Like I didn't have any contact with him for a while. And I was just like, oh, like, you know, I was probably sad about like, and it was like thing, like one of the things that we used to do with each other during that whole like weird dalliance of a year was like we would go on shitty dates and we'd bail each other out. 
Like, oh. he'd be like, oh, I fucking met a, a nine that was actually a four. And I would call him and be like, oh, my gosh. And he'd be like, oh, my gosh, she's my sister. I have to go. And he would, like, come get me. And we'd, like, go do some crazy fun shit and, like, whatever and fuck. So, like, we we had, like, the relationship where we were constantly bailing each other out. Like, I had, like, a, a networking event with a bunch of friends up at this nonprofit. And I was like, we all have to put away all this heavy shit. Can you, like, <laughs> come do some man stuff? <laughs> And he did. He, like, fucking showed up, came, and, like, he gave money to whatever cause was going on. Like, it was, like, so sweet. He just, like, I'm just here. Like, so it wasn't like it was, like, transactional or anything. It was definitely more like a relationship than uh, he's using me and I'm just accepting my role as his, like, side piece. Like, I definitely think I was more, like, his main girlfriend. It's funny, actually. We almost had the dynamic a dynamic that was similar to, like, what I would have agreed to having had he been, like, I love you and will protect you. You're my number one. I just like want to fuck other women or just see what's out there. Because I think men get this like urge between like thirties ish into their forties where they're like, I'm on my sexual prime. I'm like my highest status. The most women want me that have ever wanted me in my life. I have money. I have my shit together. Like now's when I can actually get value back from the market right like i can actually go out there and be like here i am this awesome man who's like doing shit and has something to say for myself and it's actually real it's not like a false confidence <laughs> of a 25 year old guy who's six four and barely graduated college you know it's like a you're not still telling me what your ivy league degree is you're actually saying like i fucking have shit and i know shit now yeah. you know and so like it's kind of like sad to think that like that those men kind of get swallowed up either by getting married too early or they end up just cheating at that time. That Yeah. That's interesting. Cause you had said you were married, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Do you feel you got married too early? And if it's too personal, this will be my feminine side. If it's too personal, feel free to oh, be like, you're gonna be so considering answer your questions. Um, yeah, I, uh, I didn't get, well, I did get married. I got with my ex-husband. So so sad story time. I had a baby with a longtime boyfriend that was like, I really want to have a baby because he had gotten into a relationship where a woman was like, oh, I'm pregnant. Oh, no, you have to be with me. So he like moved states to go be with her and then turned out the kid was not his. So he came into our relationship with that trauma, told me about it and was like, all I want to do is be a dad. Like it made me realize I really wanted to be a dad. And he was older than me, and I let him talk me into a kid, and he was a horrible, horrible fucking human. Like, locked me out of the apartment when I was pregnant, all kinds of crazy, very trailery type stuff. So I left him. Like, I tried to stay with him as long as I could, because obviously I was like, the worst thing to be is a single mom. Like, don't want to do that. And can so I, just... I was like, I'll just stay. But it was so unlivable that I ended up leaving. I started, like, meeting men off dating apps in, like, an interview-type format where I was like, do you see yourself married with more children in the next two to five years or not? Because I was, like, so serious. Here's like, that's question. what I wanted to do. I already had a kid. Can know? I pause you just logistically yeah. for my mind? Like, how old are you when this is going on? Um, I got pregnant for the first time when I was 21. Got you. Man, that's, like, not as... I don't know. And this is hella judgy, like not as bad as teen pregnancy. Cause I've seen that shit like ruin a life, like your options or the poor kid, but 21, you think, Oh, adult, Oh, you can drink, but you have zero foundation and zero. Oh, no, I bought my first car at 20. Yeah. So right. I was behind. I was yeah. behind. 
I was very much behind in the world. Yeah. So I wasn't finished with college. Like it was not a good decision. It was an on purpose decision, but it was stupid. Um, and, um, so I had my oldest daughter and I was like, literally got to find her a dad because we can't just be a single mom out here. And her dad was terrible. So I was like, she needs a dad. So I was dad shopping. And I had sex with my ex-husband for the first time and called one of my good friends and was like, I think I met, like, the ideal husband, but, like, he's horrible at sex. <laughs> and, like, I remember being like, the one drawback is I hate having sex with him. What do I do? And uh, I ended up marrying him. Can so. we, not not to disparage him, but to understand what Oh, no, we can that... disparage him as much as possible. Oh, cool. Back. All right. Yeah, I yeah, fucking love He really fucked me over super hard. Then yeah, let's fucking let's give him the honor that he deserves. Then um, yeah, help me understand more about what is bad sex, like coming too quickly, like positions that he's that like are self-seeking, like just rhythms always fucking off, like weird saliva everywhere. <laughs> like what is <laughs> okay. So, you know, what's actually really sad is like, I had no indication that he'd be bad at sex because he, like, he was like a good kisser and like everything else seemed to be like pretty right. So I was like, that's usually a good indication, right? Like if you kiss someone, they're a good kisser. You're like, all right, they're going to do the sex, right? Do the sex. Um, had you danced with him? Uh, prior. You know, I don't think so. I feel like that's more of a test than the kissing. You know, that's actually, that's a good point. That's a good point. I do think dancing would be a good a good idea. Um, but no, I don't think we had dance together. So we had sex and so like it, all the things didn't last long. And like, that's like kind of like, I always like take that as a badge of honor to some degree. I mean, he never lasted our entire six year marriage. So I just think that was just like a him thing. I don't think it was a, like, it wasn't like a, a, a freak accident. Cause he just was like excited. It was just like, yeah. that's just who he was. Um, but I don't really care about that type of stuff. Uh, it's more like, he just like seemed really unaware of like the fact that I was also there. Hmm. Like it was just like, he was just like doing things and I was just like, and then he like, then he acted like it was really good. Like it was like, he didn't know that I didn't have a good time. And to me, like the absence of like, it's like if a guy like, like starts having sex with me for the first time and like, they come really fast and they're like, Oh God, like I swear to God, I got you. Or they just like go down on me. I'm like, you're good. Like whatever. Try to make up for it. Right. Like the and awareness. Like, then you acknowledge what's going on here, right? Like, you know that that probably wasn't my favorite. And, like, I don't have to verbally say that to you and, like, emasculate you. Well, it should like, be pride. Your pride should what? your pride should kick in at that point and be like, dude, you ain't fucking going out like that. Right, right, you think. Or you shouldn't even go in like that. Even if that's a possibility for yourself, you should fucking prepare a lady, right? You know? Uh, to where she won't be disappointed by it. You know? Extend the foreplay a little longer. Yes. I mean, that's... I feel like that... Honestly, it's a smart way to go. I feel like most men do take that advice, like make her come once before you even start. So you don't have to like even think about it. I think that that's really, that should be a standard practice that every man just adopts because it's just a safe way to go. You don't, especially if it's not someone you're used to having sex with. Like if you're like me, I was in a six year long marriage. Like we could do three positions that we knew, like you come and I come, we're done. Like, you know, like, like then a fun one just to mix it up and then we're done. You know what I mean? Like it was like, we could mechanize it to where it was like good for everybody. Um, but like, not, it's not a, it, it, it never got better because he just never knew how to be present for himself and present for me. He could like have sex for me and it would be good. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, let's do it like that all the time. And he's like, I could never, oh my gosh, I'm fucking exhausted. 
you know oh. uh, or like or he or i would be like you know like oh that kind of sucked and he'd be like oh my gosh i'm so happy you know what i mean like so i was like he never could just be in like the dance and that's what like to me what real good sex is it's like this connection and dance that's like we're both fully satisfied we're both fully present we're both really into what's going on and it's like we're taking turns on who's enjoying it like that's weird to me yeah um there's a whole point of like not doing like foreplay type stuff is to do a thing where you can both enjoy at the same time i thought that was kind of like the idea behind it otherwise just go back and forth with foreplay like what's the point um but yeah so it was it was all of it it was all of it and I mean, to be fair, like, I had had too much relationship sex, which is, like, where you get good at having sex, right? Like, you don't get good at having sex by, like, random one-off women that you have sex with. You get good at having sex by having sex with the same person and, like, acknowledging what bodies do and, like, getting used to it and, like, watching the female orgasm, seeing how it's achieved, noticing, like, different times of the month, like, what it's like, what it, you know what I mean? Like, being in that, like, you know, long-term situation, I feel like really makes you a better sex partner and same thing with men like you get used to like how like what men's energy is like and like when it's lower when it's higher when it's more interested what what things make them more interested like you get that more so in a long-term relationship so I feel like because I had a lot of long-term relationships I had a lot of sexual competence and he hadn't had a lot of relationships Uh, okay so he just didn't have a lot of sexual competence I think damn yeah sucks for him but and so then did you want to have having sex before the marriage? Yes, right? Yes, we did. We had sex before we yeah. got married. And then it was like, I'm going to overlook this because I feel like he's a provider He's like enough. an excellent provider. He's he scored very provider. high he's on great the provider. With my child. He's a great dad, right? He's like fun. We also like had, this is one of those situations where I actually think it's good to be, di- it's maybe better to be different because this did not help us. But we had like the same taste in everything. We had the same favorite shows. We had the same favorite foods. Like, we we like to do the same things. Like, we had so much ability to share experiences that I was like, that has to be the foundation for a good relationship. Because, like, we both loved going to see, like, musicals. Like, we had so many things in common. Yeah. And I realized, like, um, actually, my current partner kind of helped me realize it's like, you were dating a bitch. Like, you were dating your girlfriend. Like, you, <laughs> you're dating your girlfriend with a fetus. But it's, it's really true. Like, it's because he was like another friend that I also got to have sex with. I didn't really see him as like a man. Interesting. Yeah. Not like that's, that's a very interesting dynamic because you would assume the connection with that would translate to the sex because what you hear a lot is you have to have some sort of connection, this emotional connection of enjoying experiences that will translate to pleasure in the bedroom. I actually tell people, do not marry your best friend. Like, cause like I did, I married my best friend. Like when I was like, oh my gosh, like that teddy bear that's your best friend. It's like a little too ugly for you. But like, you know, he's a really great sweet guy. Like it turns out mine wasn't a sweet guy. It was actually like a pathological, like liar and a narcissist. And I don't like throw that around casually. I mean, like literally slept with sex workers behind my back after I told him he could literally have sex with other women and tell me about it and I'd be fine with it. But instead he chose to still do it behind my back and pay for it. Like, I don't know. Um, but anyway, so like, I feel like I thought he would just be like a low value guy who would just be really good to me and worship me for all of my days. And I'd be happy with that. And, it and was I just not. don't think that's real. How- I think that a woman, if you don't respect a man, you're not going to have a good relationship with him. That's the ultimate turn on. That's the ultimate emotion 
Maybe not, I shouldn't right. say ultimate. I shouldn't qualify it, but that's an important one. That I, I actually would say, I would say I would, I want to respect a man more than I love him and I want to love him a lot. Yeah. So when, when you go to counseling and listen to people like that, it's all about what triggers a man the most is when he feels disrespected. Right. Because that, right. that that's the ultimate goal. What wound up like, um, what was, did, was there a particular moment where you were like, I'm done? with this marriage? Um, it was a lot, you know, it's like always, it's like a lot of moments where you're just like, so for me, I tried pretty much everything to like st- have a stable relationship with them. Cause I obviously already had one child out of wedlock with another man, like, you know what I mean? And he's raising that child and he had raised her for six years. So it's the only dad she really knew. And we had a child together. So I have two girls um, so I really wanted it to work. So I was like, you know, uh, found out that he was looking for escorts. Um, you know, I was like, you know, maybe you have brain issues. Like, like, let's get you a detox from heavy metals. I was like, I was reaching for anything. I was like, whatever it might be. Let's like crystals. Did you buy crystals? I did. I sure did. you did. really stop? I really did. I did all the things, whatever you could possibly do that I thought might change him. I like did it. Okay. And I really wanted to, am I just, uh, you're opening up and I'm like, now I'm like, am I such an asshole that I have zero belief in the crystals? Am I wrong for that? I mean, I mean the placebo effect is so strong that you might as well believe in anything. That's like it doesn't point. matter. So it's more about it's like, faith. I mean, you believe in Tylenol, right? Like, I don't know. Like that yeah. could basically be working based on placebo too. Like we don't really know. You're not like a lot of good confirmation for what works so and what fair. doesn't. But so yeah, fair. I don't so know. Fair. I'm like team try it all, right? So I did. I tried everything. Um, he got a sex addiction therapist because he's also addicted to porn. Um, like legit addicted, not like funny addicted, like it's legit addicted. He like gambled away like all the money in our bank account besides thirty dollars at some point. Like just like crazy, crazy, crazy shit. And I just was like, it just got to like that tipping point where it's like we were literally living a life where every day I was just like thinking of new ways where I was like he wasn't doing enough and where he sucked. I was not thinking like, oh, I just love being around him. I was like, he's terrible. He is lying about everything all the time. Like, I don't trust him. I don't respect him. And I was constantly emasculating him. Like, I wasn't a good woman anymore. It was, yeah. That was when I, that's when I made the call. When I started to become a less good person. Hmm. Like, I started to, like, I, I asked him after I found out he was cheating on me with sex workers to have an open relationship or I would divorce him. And what he should have said was, let's get divorced. I think I would have had some respect for him. I probably would have stayed married to him. But he didn't. <laughs> he said, sure, let's have an open relationship. So I said, okay. So then what do you think an open relationship looks like for a guy who's a five and a half and a woman who's like an eight and a half? You know I, what I mean? What, I, do you, what do you think that looks like? I, I don't know. The five and a half, eight and a half is such a weird realm. For, what, what number am I? So if he's a five and a half, where do I rank? And you've just seen I, I my I would say Facebook. you're like a seven, seven and a half. Gotcha. Um, so based on my experiences as a seven and a half, if I'm I was... I'm just going based on the fact that you're like a teacher. Like I'm like trying to synthesize a lot of value points that I can't really five, know. Five, so. 10, five, 10, 170, 175 after a fun night. Um, <laughs> jog regularly, um, somewhat 
fine hair, definitely not a six pack. Yeah, no, it's like it. I get this weird line thing. Um, it's it's not bald, but it definitely, if the light hits it right, you're like, is this guy trying to comb over? Um, Um, you're qualifying yourself to me, so that already tells me you're lower than me. Yeah, no (laughs) doubt. No, well, I'm trying to like explain. I'm not. I'm not trying to argue. I'm I'm an eight, but I guess what I'm thinking is like, all right. So if I'm a seven and going off of what I'm pulling. If my man's a five and he's hoping in an open relationship to explain to that, you're not, it's really, it would be really weird. I I don't know the area, but it would be really weird to be like, yeah, I'm in an open relationship with this lady and I still need you. I don't know what his options would be. Correct. Like no one decent is like, Oh, you just want to use me for a night out and or some clean. sex? That's what women love. Yeah, you know, like, no. Clean. But guess who does love it? You? Every goddamn man in America. <laughs> They're like, I don't have to talk to you about your feelings. I don't have to care about you long term. Great. Sign me up. Um, so, yeah, I just, I had limitless options because men saw me as like a thing they didn't have to commit to. So, like, really, every high, the high, status men you could possibly think of the doctor lawyer on a yacht like any situation you could imagine Was that, have did that fuck with you though did you feel like cheap used? oh of course of course that's what i'm saying it, it moved me to a place where i was like i was not aligned with my integrity anymore because i was like even though i really was not having sex with these men but like i was doing other things and i was getting emotionally entangled with them so like it what it did degrade me eventually because i I really wanted them to care about me in a meaningful way and they yeah. couldn't, you know, because they already started it with like, I'm not going to care about you like that. Yeah, right. So, it's just, a- um, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's, uh, it's not quite, um, it, it was fun for when it was fun, but it turned, it, it was going to slide into me being a, a person that I didn't recognize. You know, I, I, I was like, what I, like, I got really clear with myself. I was like, what do you, you actually want out of this Brittany what do you actually want and I was like what I want is to be loved by one person who really cares about me and have sex with and or make children with that one person until I die like that's actually what I want so like where does that come out of this like I'm horrifyingly emasculating this man who I have no respect for that I shouldn't be with while I pine after these men who don't really matter like it just it was all stupid it was all so stupid so yeah it just seems like torture yeah it was it was it was yeah it was horrible um so I just I just did I made a clean break and I said I wanted a divorce and that was horrific he was stalking me for a while like it was bad um, As most but, fives do. Actually, I can speak for most everyone that's a seven and under. If you're seven and under like us, we'll stalk. <laughs> Just kidding. When, when, when you lose something of higher value, you then attempt to reclaim it. Really? No, I'm just, I have no fucking idea. I ain't stalking <laughs> oh no God, bitch. Like, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm a 7.75 because I ain't stalking no bitch like that. Fuck oh, that. that's good. That's good. Maybe you're closer to an 8 than I thought. Then. Um, <laughs> 8 yeah, in person. So like, seven seven on a Google Meet, 8 in person. <laughs> Shut up. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to judge. I mean, I'm like literally in 
um, some man's t-shirt and a, and like, I just washed my hair. Like I'm not looking as hot as I am. My profile. Like she's a catfish. I met her once. Um, (laughs) I'm really not. I clean up well. Um, but anyway, so like, actually it, it was horrific and I got, was it legitimate, like scary stalking or was it just like stupid shit? Like, like... no, no, like hit an apple air tag in like, you know, like where they have like that repair kit to like do your like, um, like a, a spare tire situation, like in your trunk. Yeah. He like had hidden an air tag in there. And then, and then gaslit me whenever I like brought it up to him like weeks later. And I was like, I know that you're trying to stalk my vehicle. And then he was like, I don't even know what an air tag is. I was like, how'd you even know it was an air tag, bitch? <laughs> you're full of it. That's the best. Giving yourself away. But yeah, so that was, that was crazy. That was a crazy time in my life. I'm very glad to be out of that. But yeah, he like financially blackmailed me, didn't want to leave the house, made me pay him to leave. No shit. Yeah, that really happened. It's crazy. It, does he have much of a relationship with his child? Yeah, he has a relationship with both of his kids. Wow. Yep. I mean, that's at least decent or no? I mean, I don't know. He's, he's threatening at all times. Today was, he's not caring for my my older daughter that he had raised for the last six years until there's legal documentation saying that he's the legal guardian of her that's signed by her dad, which he knows will not happen. So now his new thing is he's um, like pretending like he's going to abandon her to hurt me. Like this is all to hurt me. That's his new thing. Yeah. And I'm like, if you think that I'm going to get put any children in the care of a person who would do that, you're wrong, sir. Yeah, like, you I'm... don't fuck around playing with kids like that. And like, right. why would you, like, that's like, not like a nuclear option, but it, it seems nuclear, but not, right. but what's the intent? Like the kids, the country that the bomb would land on. Right. Like it's not going to hurt me. And so far it would hurt me because I'd be dealing with the fallout. Yeah, for the like, kid. Right. Right. The person ultimately hurts is her and she doesn't care about a fucking piece of paper from the government saying that she belongs to you. Like you and her both know as well as anything that she is your child. You've raised her for six years. Dude, that's a, how do you, yeah. How do you not justify, not rationalize trying to think of the right non-offensive word? Cause I'm such a snowflake, but like ha- picking someone and then like introducing them to your kid at this point after going through that so you have multiple children and like you're like how do i how do i find a partner for myself but then also like you get attached with someone and then it's like now meet my kids and it's almost like the sex thing again i guess this would be my fear of like holy shit you're terrible around my kids but we're fucking great together you know right, and saying? like that, and you don't want to like put bring them. You don't want to keep them apart too long because no of doubt. that problem, right? Or bring so them like, in I want to protect early. them and protect him. Like, as I was saying, I t- actually told I actually told my my partner this recently because like I do want him. I think he's a good man, um, and I, I do want him to meet them. But I was like, I'm the re- my only trepidation has nothing to do with them. Like they meet people all the fucking time. We're out there in the world. Like we're out there doing the shit. You know, like they're not going to be fucked over because they met a die for a few weeks you know what i mean like they're it's not gonna hurt them i believe because he is such a masculine protective energy that he will immediately be like smitten and be like i need to take care of this and i don't want him to feel like he has that obligation like i really don't like i want him to choose me for truly choosing me like not because he feels like 
now like these kids need somebody, which they do, P.S. But like, it's, like <laughs> I don't want him to feel that pressure. Like I just want him to feel like he can just choose me because I'm right. And like that this, the situation still makes sense for him. And like, I all, I like, I like my three-year-old. It, like when my oldest daughter was three, she was the same way she is now at nine and a half, which she's like calculated and brilliant and inquisitive. But she's like, she's a thinker. She's like probably what I was like as a kid, you know, like she's a thinker. My younger daughter is a ball of motherfucking sunshine. Like she is all smiles, all climbing all over you, all happy all the time. Like she lights a place up, right? Right. Love and that. it's a completely different energy. And so I'm like, like she is the, she's the kryptonite, right? Like she breaks, she breaks, she breaks the boy. She breaks him, you know, because he's such, she's such a little sweetie. So like it would just be impossible for you as a man who has any uh, modicum of masculine energy to like see this little child who's so precious and sweet yeah. and like just... and so daddy thirsty because both of my daughters are so daddy thirsty like they love being with their dad love it because like they need that energy like daughters just do they just need something special about a dad um and they just need that energy of like a big man that loves them and takes care of them you know like they just need the energy so it's like i don't need to put uh, a, a potential dad in that situation and have him feel what that feels like because it's such an innocent longing for like protection it would be harder to resist it's like he already has a hard time resisting my need for him as a man and like i'm a grown-ass woman who pretty much takes care of herself so, like imagine him in that situation like it's really out of protection for him truly <laughs> I really is. Like, I don't want him to get hurt. Do you, do like, you know what you've turned into? You're the man in the suit. What do you mean the You, man the suit? anarchist, are the government <laughs> protecting him. No victim, no crime. Nothing has happened yet. <laughs> You're right. And you are the DUI. You've arrested him on a DUI for possible crashing and vehicular manslaughter and nothing has occurred. That's true. I'm really more so like, but I'm saying like, but he's the one that's going to get hurt. Like the law isn't trying to protect Allegedly. Allegedly. How do you know? I mean, that's true. That's true. I don't know. Minority report, man. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm really not like delaying it for any reason. Like I invited him to Easter. So. Gotcha. Yeah. He will meet them soon. Yeah. I'm not like, I'm not like keeping him away forever or anything. I just like want to be thoughtful about it. And I think he like appreciates that. Like, I think he sees that as like protective and like good. And I don't think he has any like, oh, you got to meet them soon. Like, he's not like under any weird pressure, you know? No, dude, it's, it, it's a very interesting dynamic. And I don't know what role like internet dating apps just our, our awareness with information and the way that intelligent people can analyze things and find resources to know pitfalls, know stereotypes, know what studies can, oh man, you have this tendency, so you are more likely to be this, right? Like there's all this fucking tracking and data and quantitative information you can get. And at the end of the day, it's just like, I don't know, my gut says it's not right right now. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like right. such a feel versus a study. There is no like right. standard operating procedure of within five weeks and four dates, you are most likely to retain a partner. All right. Right. No, hundred percent. 
yeah, it's a it's a weird place to navigate because I don't know if we've if it's been like recorded and if it's been so thought out to like well it's like also we like live in the, the weirdest time too where like it wouldn't even be relevant even if you're talking about 20 years ago what brought couples together and kept them together is totally different than even right now like it's just a completely different we're in a completely different landscape of dating and you know getting partnerships and the way partnerships look is so different and like i don't know it's just we're, we live in a very different world so it's like we kind of can't rely on like old dating strategies or old strategies of you know mating mate selection it's just it's so different yeah, really wisdom it, it's interesting because you don't want to be dismissive of wisdom but at the same time you're like it's contextual and it was based on <laughs> situations and you, was like, you, gotta, you gotta apply it you gotta keep it and just apply it in a new way and that's why i'm saying like i and i literally told him this too like i think that because like i know what it's like to be like under the thumb of traditionalism like right when I was under like the like spiritual kind of shit. And I know what it's like to be like a free liberal woman, like do whatever the fuck you want. Like who cares? Like, you know, whatever. And I like, and I literally can say there's like a happy medium, which is the gender roles that are enforced by the backing up of scientific data to suggest best outcomes for like long-term pair bonding. Like I can subscribe to that. Like it makes logical sense to me and I, I have like that ethos, you know? Yeah. And I, I think what you said is, is makes sense to me. You like end it with that. It's not, it doesn't seem like you're fighting to have it make sense. It's mm -hmm. a craving. It's like, dude, this is why I like vanilla, not chocolate. And like, I, I like, that's the, the, the most basic way I've ever thought. Like, how come I'm into thick, full hair over thin hair? I don't know, but that shit's hell of appealing to me. Mm -hmm. And like, it's just a preference. You could be into thinner hair and that could be your preference. So like you could be into this energy and it's great that studies back it up, but ultimately it's like, no, dude, like that's, that's what I want. And hopefully that's like what winds up fulfilling you, right? Like fulfilling people, fulfilling a relationship, fulfilling society. Right. I think, I honestly think like, though like and i've talked to him at length about this too it's like i don't think you can just go like well that seems what's good for me like that's what's good for you like because those things can change you have to have like a deep like a meat there's gotta be a root to that belief like so just be like i think that we should be together because like we're both doctors we both went to the same medical school so like we'd have a good practice together like those things aren't those aren't deep like that shit gets washed away in like a, the first reign of your marriage you know like, it has to be something deeper than that connecting you. And, like, that's why I think, like, having you just, like, the shared language of, like, we both watch JVP and, like, believe, like, the things that he's saying about male-female dynamics and stuff. Like, even just having that shared language, it's, like, I might not be able to say, hey, Matt, you're not behaving the way I want you to behave. Um, but I can say, hey, you know, we both know that, when masculinity is in its like highest form, it's achieving and, and trophy seeking. Like, are you, do you feel like you're upholding that right now? Because something we both believe and we already agree to believe it. It's not because I want you to do better. I want you to be in good shape or you have too much body fat for me. It's, we know that if your testosterone is in the right place, you should be lower body fat. So what's going on? I, I Yeah. I think we're saying the same thing, but what's interesting is the language. And I wonder if you don't 
I see this sometimes trying to teach kids things like whatever fucking writing an essay and they're like, what do you want me to write? And one teacher calls it a thesis and another teacher calls it a claim. And the kid's completely fucking lost when you're like, dude, write your thesis. And they're like, ah, and they're paralyzed and they're lost and they look stupid. They look like a fucking failure. And then all of a sudden you just say, dude, write the claim. They're like, oh, that's it. And they're a fucking scholar. And the fact that you guys have this like common language that you both agreed upon seems super helpful. And I wonder, I do think it is. I think it's a good, it's a good marker of like potential, like long-term like success, like predictor, because then it, like I said, it's, it's almost like the same reason why religious couples stay together. It's like, if you have this shared language of like, we both believe, even like we were just, I I actually joke because like, I remember thinking I wanted to like grow up and marry a man who's got like, a heart for Jesus and just it's following Jesus's lead. And I can follow his lead because he's following Jesus's lead. And I'm like, I kind of feel that way about JVP a little bit, like not to the point of idolatry, but like, I'm just like, if you believe in this and you're always edifying yourself and educating yourself on how to be a better man, a more controlled man, a more orderly man, then like, you're going to be the thing that I want. Cause you're holding yourself to that standard on your own. I'm not holding it. And you don't have to, and there's no book that's holding you to. You're really into like these rules and standards for an anarchist. So it's super interesting. And like, just to go back to, I know we've been fucking rambling. Okay, we do. We like order. Do you really? We don't like forced order. It's different. Forced order. We like, actually there's an anarchist book called A Spontaneous Order. Because we all believe that there's still going to be merit-based hierarchies and all kinds of stuff. It's just we just don't believe we should we shouldn't be hallucinating that one group of people that go to a certain building and write certain words down. Those are the holy words, and there's a holy sky cloth. You know what I mean? Like so, we have to hold our hand over our heart and pray to the sky cloth. You know what I mean? Like it's just a strange culty type behavior if you really step back from it a little bit. So. It is culty. I will give you that. Um, although like it's so much being in schools, like, um, I don't know if it was COVID. I don't know if it was like Colin Kaepernick taking a knee. I don't know if it was like people just being able to question it, but it's become less culty. It's become less compliance, like less dystopian of moment of silence. You will be silent everything will stop at this moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the the system's questioning, am I, is it right for me to force you to acknowledge the system that we are currently in? It's, uh, right. it kind of right. mind fucks me to be honest with you. Good, good. I'm glad it does. Dude. I'm really glad. Um, B, I know we got started late, had a break in the middle, man. Um, but I, you've got, I'm sure you've got shit to do in the morning. And um. I definitely have to go change minds and make them a part of this system. Demasculate the men and masculate the women that I come across tomorrow as a public school teacher. That's a... Uh... <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, that's what you're going to do. So yeah, I thought you were going to turn over a new leaf for this. Like, I'm going to fight it. That's I'm going like, to tell goal. all the girls that just like lay on their favorite guy's shoulder and then the guy has to do all the work. And they just have to be pretty. <laughs> no. Stop learning. You don't need to read. Stuff your bras. That's the lesson. No, I'm just kidding. Don't ever do that. Don't ever do that. That would be terrible. You get arrested immediately. God, I tell kids, dude, I got into this one thing and I'm like, dude, am I your friend? And the guy looked at me and he was like, maybe. I'm like, no, 
The answer is no. If a 41-year-old adult is your friend as a 13-year-old, you report him, okay? Thank I'm like, you. no. The aunt, no, dude, we're not bros. That's the dynamic in this moment right now, man. Like, and, But it was funny because the kid was like, yeah. He's like, oh, I really like you a lot. You're pretty no cool. That's just Dude, something. you joke all the time and it's so chill. I'm like, that's a curtain. You need me to pull it back? Um, but anyway, it was like, that's, I, I picture that as like me going in and be like, yeah, stuff your bras. Be, and be like, no, if I tell you to stuff your bras, immediately go get someone to arrest me. That's what should happen. <laughs> You're like, I will turn myself it's in. fucking creepy. Don't trust me if I say that shit. Um, and your soul should be telling you that if you're an anarchist. Um, B, thank you so much for coming on. I actually, I, I'm like, I shouldn't say actually, like I expected something like, bad. Wow, I thought you would be a dumb bimbo. And here you no, are. No, I definitely didn't think you would be a dumb bimbo. Um, but that's part of what I love about it is like not really knowing where conversations will go. And then comparing like, oh, these are a couple of your like Instagram posts. And then here's where your mind goes. Here's how you speak. Here's what you value. And um, it was just a really fun conversation. It was very like just thoughtful, you know, like, hey, what do you believe kind of a thing? I love those kind of talks, man. So thank you for that. I really appreciate all the time. You're so welcome. I really appreciate being able to talk to you, Sean. And I, uh, like you, I won't say actually because I'm an asshole, but I, I had very like low standards for what I thought this might be, even though I thought, you know, your podcast is pretty, pretty good. Like, so I don't know why I didn't think that, but I was just like, I don't know. He's just like a strange man on the internet who wants to talk to me. Seems seems right. Seems seems about right. But. Slide into the DMs. One conversation, and by the way, tomorrow there'll be a bus ticket. Um, it won't be first class. It'll be coach, but there'll be something for you to come up to Delaware, and I'll try to seduce you. That'll that oh, was the yikes. ultimate goal. <laughs> yikes! Yikes! On his teacher budget, he's yeah. gonna try and flex. Good luck. There's it's actually three <laughs> buses with two layovers. You want to bring a sleeping bag? <laughs> Oh, great, Stay great. Someone's going to start smoking in the middle of the night, wake me up. It's going to be fine. Yeah. No, I. it does. That is something I'm aware of is like as I approach people, how like creepy it can be to be like, especially if someone is attractive and thoughtful like you are, it's like, who's this motherfucker? You know what I'm saying? Like, what does this dude actually want from me? Like, I'm kind of aware how it could get that way. Yeah. Yeah. You, you met me and my feminine energy so much more receptive to random shit, which I'm so glad because cool. this is a great conversation. Appreciate it, man. All right, dude. Enjoy the night. Enjoy your day tomorrow. And um, I'm just looking forward to seeing you on social media and hopefully we'll uh, chit chat okay, here. Better, you better interact with my stuff now, now that you know me as a person. I, can't just be, can't just be missing me with the likes now. No, is that what? <laughs> this was actually all for clout for me. Building a brand. One podcast a week and get one true fan. You know. Building a brand, bitch. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah, dude. You too. Huge thanks to Andre Psyche for supporting the Getting to Know You Pod. Homeboy's been down since just about day one. If you have not already, search him up, Andre Psyche, on social media. Give my man a follow for the fuck of it. Please, almost more importantly. Do not forget to subscribe, rate, and review the Getting to Know You pod on Apple, Spotify, or your preferred podcast platform. Five stars, five stars, five stars. If you have not already, continue with your gracious clicking, friend and follow the Getting to Know You pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And if you're feeling super generous, as in that ching-ching monetary type, go to our Patreon and support the pod for as little as $2 a month.
Oh yeah, and if you know anyone who'd like to be a guest on the pod, go ahead and send their contact info our way. Slide them up into my DMs. Later.